It's Hotline League episode 181, and boy, there's just never a, a quiet week in LCS these days. Uh, we're going to be talking about several different things, but the second round robin is now complete. There's only one more round robin left in the LCS for these teams to figure stuff out. And by the way, if you looked at the, the total standings for these teams, you might have a different understanding than what it looks like if we talk about just the summer standings, which I'm sure we'll discuss as we get into it. But first off... Thank you to Alienware and Gamefield for sponsoring the show. Secondly, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Going great. Um, I think. I could how's, be wrong. How's your health issues? So, um, no more pain in my stomach. That's good. Um, feel, feeling all right. Still doing some workouts, so that's all recovered. Uh, we did the dive right before this. Normally, I start the dive in the morning, and then I you know, kind of work throughout the whole day, but we put it after the meeting. So like I'm coming right off the dive. Um, so like on the one hand I feel juiced, but on the other hand, I might crash. Okay. But on the other hand, normally I'm tired from like 12 hours. So, well, the great news is you've got game feel, so you'll be able to, uh, not worry about, uh, crashing later on regardless. Uh, it's good. Yeah. So are you guys going to be filming? I didn't, I could have asked Kobe this cause he left kind of late in the day. To film it are you guys doing the dive later now in the day i am uncertain they gave me a, <laughs> ashley asked me this question too and they gave me a reason in slack why we were doing this but i forgot it well i um, hope i hope i, that I it's think later it's gonna be a constant i hope that it's later because i always uh i feel like sometimes when it's you guys film so early on mondays it's tough to to Hotline League benefits a lot because we can address things that happened, much like the CLG stuff on the show that the the dive cannot. And I always want to hear you guys' opinions on the dive as well because I don't know. Anyway, other than wait, did we figure out the health issues though? Yeah, you weren't even listening to me. I said I'm okay. Oh I, I got distracted God. by the 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 dive stuff afterwards, and so I'm just. I, we kind of flew past that, and then you talked about the dive stuff, and I was just worried because you were you kept bringing it up. Did you get very many good medical diagnoses from our audience? Some people reached out, which I appreciate, but honestly, there's, like, no fucking way to medically diagnose me from, like, a random Twitch rant where I'm not, like, really saying everything clearly. Um, so some people were like, I got a lot of people with a lot of different ideas, and... Uh, in classic uh, me fashion, I just did nothing about it until I felt better. DeMonte in chat says, your stomach hurts or what, bro? What's wrong with Mark? He's fine. Everything's fine. We're going to... I have a hernia, but I, I put my intestines back in and just kind of got over it. All right. You well, anyway. Off. All right. Raz, welcome back Hi. to the show. It's been too long. Uh, yes, it has been. Uh, that you know, that was not case, convincing at all. You're like, yeah. Well, look, all I'm saying is I must be better. I'm like in comparison to Mark, who has a hernia. Am <laughs> do better I'm than fantastic. what? You're as a guest on the show. <laughs> I'm fantastic. Uh, I mean, like, I'm good. I'm you know, life is life is alright. Travis, yeah. you know how it is. Yeah. I don't do anything with my life. Yeah. Somebody in chat says, "Hey, mastermind to Demonte." I completely forgot. This is the funny thing is like something happening on Monday is so much worse than something happening on like Thursday or Friday because I went, I, this weekend as I was watching Kobe, my wonderful roommate, his first episode of mastermind or the, or masterminds. I don't know if it's plural or not. 
uh, I was like, oh, I want to talk about this on the show. And then I've completely forgot about it because, like, all the CLG stuff has just purged it all out of my brain. So somebody says it's plural. Masterminds. It's just a very interesting thing. It's funny as hell. I love that show. So I only I, saw the first episode, and I, I was liked, pretty damn good. What's your opinion? I liked it after. So I think, I think it should be shorter, and they should trim down the beginning because the first ten minutes was them just talking about Rakan mid. I told Kobe this too, uh, but I think the first ten minutes of them was just them talking about Rakan mid, and I was like, this is and just cuts between the two. It wasn't like we're concocting our plan or anything like that. It was just kind of a general discussion. I'm like get in and once they sat down at their chairs and at the, the desks and the computer and started like actually playing i was like oh this is good uh this is really great it felt a lot more natural and stuff so i um i'm curious to see how this week's episode goes because i'm sure they're going to keep iterating on it and make it make it awesome i liked it a lot minus the part where demonte spoke there it is they should just He's replace him with wow. solo every time solo spoke i laughed every time demonte spoke i cringed gotcha well I'm sure he appreciates that. Uh, anyway, need, I don't think we need callers at this point. I feel like we already have, <laughs> like, like we have Twitch chat in the box in Mark's box. Great. Well, I wonder if I was just was saying he had appendicitis. I wonder if I have appendicitis. I always have like a swollen feeling in the right side of my my uh, abdomen. Doesn't isn't Maybe that I, a thing just, where like it would. At some Normally certain point in time, burst. it would become really bad. Well, he said he had it for one and a half years, and I've had this since I was nineteen. So, like, maybe, maybe he he just diagnosed me correctly. Jesus, this is a reoccurring problem. No, the the thing from last week was not reoccurring, but the okay. discomfort pressure on the right side is a is a pretty constant thing. You okay, should. Well, wait, have you ever problem. gone to a doctor about this stuff? Yep. Okay. What the well, hell did they say? Just walk it off or what? They were like, eh, did a did some kind of scan. I think it was an ultrasound or something. They were looking for something. Oh my god. I wasn't god. pregnant. God, I hope yeah. <laughs> this this conversation <laughs> ages fine, because if it's in like four months from now and like Mark is in the emergency room after having uh emergency surgery, I'm gonna have to hit up Alienware and Gamefield and be like, listen, that reporting we did for that episode, it's actually gotten 10 times the views because people went back and saw the clip of Mark talking about. Uh, no, but Raz, sorry, we were talking about you and we got a little distracted. What have you been up to lately? I actually, you and I have not even chatted since you commentated my wild rift uh, loss. True. Uh, so, but no, I, so I just realized I hadn't talked to you in the past month or so, but how have you been? What have you been doing? How's life? Uh, it's been fun. I've been focusing mostly on the work. That's what I always do. So, um, always feel bad because on my days off i don't it's either that i'm like okay i'm insanely exhausted so i do nothing except for play games or i just like continue to watch more league well um, you so it's like it's been the usual we're, we're gonna get into it in a second but i just uh into the show but i just want to touch on this because it's always nice to banter with people in the beginning. you're one of the few people i know besides myself that plays video games that are not like league of legends path of exile uh, or world of warcraft uh it's like you and me yep. and zale i think are the only ones that play anything else so, what... so actually, that you just opened up. I forgot of this entirely. I've been just straight cramming on Persona 4. Okay. Uh, because just for people out there that don't know or hasn't watched the stream, my stream recently, like, uh, like I played Persona 4 probably like three, four times. 
and I would, just, I would get to a certain dungeon, like uh, hours and upon hours, like an 8-bit dungeon for people that played the game. And then I'd either lose my Vita, that was once, on the bus, that was gone. Uh, or I'd like, my PC would get reformatted in some way. Like, I've played this game multiple times and I've never finished it. Uh, so Wait, I've it's been, on like, PC? Going in on it. I thought it was console uh, PC. only. It's on Steam. I don't know when it came on Steam, probably oh. like rarely, fairly recently. So it's been a lot of fun. I've been having fun with that one. I'm adding it to my wish list. Does it uh does it have the Oh wait, Persona four. There's a new persona yeah. that I was thinking of. Uh, before Persona, persona 5, five which came out like okay. three years ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was thinking of Persona. So my plan is to play Persona four, five, and three at some point. Those are it's gonna be long as fuck. Those games are just ridiculous. Um I've been also playing Guilty Gear Strive, so that's been a lot of fun on my end, but like that was a while back since I played that, so Nice. Well anyway, start playing Final Fantasy fourteen before all the WoW kitties quit because WoW sucks. Wait, you were Mark? Is. Yeah. Well, well I, was I thought Ashley like... was, and then uh, did she drag you into it? Is that what happened? Yeah, and then she stopped playing, and now I'm just addicted to an MMO. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't. You, you and I haven't talked about this. Um, yeah, it's actually so crazy. I was just reading an article about how Final Fantasy fourteen is like hard popping off right now, and you can't actually even. It's like difficult to find a server to create a character on. Like you have to log on late at night to create a character because it's just going so insane with like Asmongold, all the WoW people, everything pushing for it. I've been thinking about playing it. I've been talking to some some friends who play it um, because obviously I've played I'm playing forever. a pretty filthy casual, just like playing through the main story quest slowly and being an idiot. No, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what everybody says is that like the WoW people that get into it and are like, I just gotta rush through the to get to the end game so I can raid. Like that is the way WoW works, but supposedly in Final Fantasy, it is really supposed to be about the the journey before it's the good, destination. Good, but I I skip every single cutscene and I put a podcast on. And I listen to a story I actually want to listen to while I play this game instead of listen to its story. I've quit playing that game two times because my first like certain levels, the beginning of this game is really fucking boring. Final Fantasy fourteen on like yeah. There's like there's a bit where you just like they like talk to this person, do this shit. You don't need to do any of that. You just need to do the main story quest. Just don't don't do anything but the main story quest. All right. Good well, lesson. Yeah. The stream is not sponsored by Final Fantasy fourteen. So we're gonna move on and talk about League of Legends. I mean I admit I was stalling. We were talking about this a bit beforehand. I uh I got the bunch of CLG drama today and like we'll talk about it. I don't want it to take over the show. And the whole episode oh. to be about it, uh, but it'll be, I'm sure, a significant part of it. In fact, I think we're getting a call at 7:45 from uh, so Exogen, uh, who talked a little bit about his experience with MSG today on Twitter. Uh, but man, it is just exhausting. This team is like, if you think about it, and I get it, like, because I, like, I wish that they were as good as they used to be in terms of like as a brand and as a presence and all that. Especially all of us old boomers remember how vital to LCS and, and even before LCS CLG was. So it's sad to see where it's, it's gotten, but it's just frustrating. Cause I'm like, this team has ultimately just been like a mid to bottom tier team for years with, I, I think they finished, they had one split where they did. Okay. And we're just constantly talking about them and it's just exhausting because there's never anything new to talk. It's just like MSG sucks and well, they need to figure whether you out. like it or not, it's, it's CLG theme. We got blue colors over here. I got the blue juice right here. Yes. I'm chilling. Yes. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm going to assume that's up. a Mountain Dew product uh, as our show sponsored. I have no by idea. Game Fuel. 
Uh, oh, there we go then. Yes, exactly. Mm. Mark. So should I oh, pull a CLG caller before Matt gets here, or should we keep Matt on for the CLG caller? You mean Exogen. I think we should talk separately to, to Exogen, and then if he wants to stick around for a CLG caller, that sounds good to me. I think that's the way we so do I it. So I won't pull one before him. Yeah, well, you can pull one. I mean, we can just talk about uh, sort of our own opinions on everything for the next 10 minutes or so, and then and then mm. uh, maybe Exogen will be around to, to do it. I don't know if he's in the chat yet, but maybe he'll let us know. Maybe he can pop on a little earlier than we originally discussed. But So obviously there's the CLG news. Then there's also uh, EG is continuing to pop off. 100T, everybody was on like the 100T hype train and that they went, uh, what, uh, one and two this past One weekend? and two. Um, so right they went now, one and two, TSM went one and two, FlyQuest Academy went 3-0, Golden Guardians went 2-1, Licorice looks good, FlyQuest Academy are cool. Yep. yep. Mark's, Mark's naming it all off for me. I appreciate that. Uh, this... this uh, this week on Run It, we're going to actually do a who's actually good in the top five teams. Because right now, two round robins down, one more to go. 100T, two-game lead. TSM and EG tied for second. TL, two games behind them. And Cloud9 at fifth. They're 9-9. Nine and nine, And then everybody else behind Evil them, Geniuses, so. if we're taking just the summer split, tie for second with TSM. Yeah, yeah, yes. Thank you for pointing that out, that it is just the summer split um, that I'm talking about. But I think... That's what's really interesting. It's obviously it's much more valuable in it to look at the summer split rankings than uh, as we're looking at the, what teams need to do and where they they need to be power wise ahead of playoffs. So that's why I'm sort of focusing on those numbers right now. Um, anyway, that there was that. Was there anything else from this past week uh, that I'm not thinking of besides the CLG stuff and all the stuff Mark just mentioned? As Empire called out, there was the. Um... Immortals Dardock. Oh yes, yes. But I, I don't know if there's much to say there other than like. I mean, I think we'll maybe see. if somebody wants to call and have a take on that, I think that makes sense. Um, the beginning of the Friday was when we announced that it was going to be in the uh, spring uh, summer finals. Yes, it's going to have New Jersey. Yes, New Jersey. New, West, New Jersey. I'm actually so excited for that. That'll be the first work travel that I've done in like close to two years. Uh, I think the last thing before then was like All Stars 2019 in Vegas, so oh, I'm really excited about that. Actually, I'm I'm hopeful that we get a ton of people yeah. to come out. Um, Mark, what are you doing back there? What's happening? We just figured I'd try to shake things up. You know, how come no one films podcasts from far away? Why is everyone so fucking close to their cameras? Why is everything a close-up single? That's Why can't we get some short cord difference of shots? Huh? This. Oh yeah, we the need to cinematography in podcasts. Fucking sucks. Everything's a oneer. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know what we're doing. All right, I'm waiting for us to, to need me Rask. to be close. Well, I was gonna ask. Raz can't even hear us now. Uh, Mark, what do you think of the licorice and FlyQuest Golden Guardian stuff? So there's actually a lot to talk about here. I, I went over a lot of it on the dive, uh, but I still felt like I couldn't get all of it out because there's so many angles to talk about FlyQuest Academy. There is the actual players who all have, I think, pretty compelling storylines. Every single one of them, I think, has something that's like pretty cool to latch onto. Um, I think there's the actual like analysis of the team and how they play and stuff like that, which is pretty cool to talk about because they 
Like people were memeing the Reddit comment that was like, they play kind of like an LPL team. But like, honestly, that's not the worst comparison, obviously not in terms of skill, but like they just go for plays that are sometimes whack as fuck. And sometimes they work out and they're like not always doing the most intelligent thing. Um, then there's the like trade part of it where both they look a lot better and fly, uh, Licorice looks a lot better. You can talk about the importance of teamwork and synergy and motivation and like how all those things can like make players look much worse or better than they really are. Um, and then there's also the angle of like using Academy actually. Uh, yeah. And so there's, there's so many things to actually talk about with around the FlyQuest uh, move. Yeah, yeah, I actually think all that stuff to me is actually the most interesting stuff out of this past week. I mean, the fact that on... Friday, the games were CLG beating TSM, FlyQuest Academy beating Cloud9, Golden Guardians beating 100 Thieves. Like, that was just, that was a bizarre start to the weekend. And especially just with the fact that you had the Licorice and the, the FlyQuest Academy stuff going on. It's been fascinating. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get a ton of calls on it, but Raz, what do you think of, of all that? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot to cover. Um. It's a pretty big lesson to, like, the coaching staff and, like, uh, and management, I suppose, for FlyQuest. They made the right decision in, in the end of bringing what happened to Academy up. But, like, the system, of, of course, like, wasn't working for spring and summer. And I didn't really get, like, I feel like my biggest thing when it comes to teams that are developing or growing is, like, you'd be able to see, like, growing concepts or something that they're working on. Like, for Golden Guardians, it's like, oh, their dives are much cleaner. Like, they've, they're, they're set up to end... The actual dives that they were having in the early games are like, oh, this is something you can tell they were working on, um, yeah. or like set up around like dragons or something. With FlyQuest, my god, every week was something different. <laughs> There's like, oh shit, they don't even. <laughs> it's like, they, it felt like there was zero consistency. It was always like very much like the their comps were changing. Fair, like that that'll happen, but it felt like there was nothing conceptually in the game that I feel like would stay in from week to week. And their jungle was not working consistently with their support or mid lane. It felt like they were always on different pages. So, like, it was just a breath of fresh air to see that their academy team was the opposite. And that NXI was, like, constantly working with triple, setting up for plays, um, working with diamond, like, going topside. Like, that dive topside that NXI had was, like, really well done. So, like, I just hope to see more of that shit because that's something that will actually create consistency within the team. So, we talked about the FlyQuest side. On the Golden Guardian side... Uh, actually, Raz, uh, Marcus, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, what, what did you think of the TSM Golden Guardians game? How did Golden Guardians look there? Because obviously, we'll talk about the wins that they had, but what did you think of that loss? Because sometimes that stuff can be more in, in, in interesting or important. I kind of forgot a lot about the the later portions of the game. I'd have to refresh my mind. But like, even the solo kill that you know people would give credit for, uh, Licorice, like actually worked pretty poorly for him because he lost the full wave. And then he got killed by the jungler. So the jungle gets the kill. He loses the wave. So he's behind in experience and all that. So I was like, even that, I felt like people took that as like, oh, he did, you know, worked really fucking well for him. <laughs> but that was not the case, actually. Um, but I don't actually remember that game in particular. I'd have to look back at it. But yeah, I mean, Mark, I it was, was like, -wise. TSM. Uh, I mean, like, uh, who, uh, uh, right I can't now. speak. Licorice played well in the early game. I mean, I know that you're talking about the, the wave not being great, but he still was able to, to make a couple plays happen. Um, yeah. So the Trundle was in a good spot, but their bot lane was getting blasted, if I remember. I think uh, 
I think they had a Felios. I, I can't remember, but they they were crushing, and so they actually fell behind like three or four thousand gold. And then there was like a play or two where Golden Guardians looked like they were going to get back into the game, um, despite being behind a couple thousand gold. Like they actually had pressure a little bit, and like yeah. despite being down four thousand gold, they could like walk up and get vision and things. And then they they did something. I can't remember what they did, but they just fucking into the game immediately after they looked like they were back in on it. Oh, I remember now. Oh, God, this is a horrific early game. Because, <laughs> like, even... Yeah. Okay, now, yeah, yeah. Because, like, even after he came back... A after Trundle TP back, or, like, came back with lane, he actually just got... Um, no, no, no. Like, Iconic got dove. They lost turret. And then the TP play bot lane. Yeah, early game was pretty bad for Golden Guardians. But they still looked like they were in it. But, yeah, the team still looked pretty... Like, they were still alive. Which is nice to see for a team if they're that far behind early on in the game. I mean, yeah. what's crazy to me is, and I think people kind of forget about this, Licorice found out Monday morning Golden Guardians was interested in him. By the end of the day, had, like, I guess negotiated with him, transferred and renewed his contract, and was in scrims on Tuesday, did three days of scrims with this team, and then Golden Guardians comes in and goes 2-1 uh, with, like, a very... You know, against 100 Thieves, TSM was their loss, and Team Liquid. Like, this was not the, like, easy week for them, you know? So, I just think it's fascinating. One thing I forgot to mention that was some drama that, um, I think he's in the chat right now, but uh, Peter Dunn and his deleted tweet, uh, I don't know, Mark, did you see this? Raz is, is reacting. Well, when he responded to the fan remember. about, like, strategy stuff? No, no, no. P Peter came out and said EG coach for those I don't know. I was like, normally I don't weigh on these things, but it's like really bad that uh, Licorice got player of the week over Danny or Ignar, who should have definitely had it. You didn't see this? He ha It was up it. for a little bit, and then he deleted it. Um, I followed too many fucking people I need to actually unfollow because like, I miss the good shit too frequently. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he came out and was very unhappy about that. Um, and it sparked, a, I think, some conversation. Freak and Azale, I think, both replied to him with reasoning as to why they felt like uh, it made sense for it to be Licorice over uh, Danny or Ignar. But that was also very fun to follow for about the 30 minutes after LCS yesterday. And I thought maybe I we'd bring it up. The problem is EG need to actually beat some good teams in order to get it. You know, Immortals, 100 Thieves, and C9. They got to beat the Golden <laughs> Guardians. They got to beat FlyQuest. They got to beat the good teams. All right, beating these shitters. Of course, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. Uh, he's in the chat right now. He says no comment. So uh, we'll, see, All we'll right. see if you can bait him out. I will say. I mean, like, uh, here's the thing. You got a lot of players who are actually competing for this type of shit. You see, Licorice had a great tweet. I don't really care about like the narrative discussion. I don't think it was a narrative based thing. Licorice just definitely played well and. Uh, the three of his games. Um, Ignar and Danny fucking smurfed. Like, that was true as well. Um, I'm not going to say who I voted for. Like, you can probably get a good hint on how I talked about him. Uh, oh, God. Now I can't say it because now people would know who I vote for. I say anything. I can just meme it all because I wasn't a part of the voting this week. I wasn't on Sunday. All right, fuck it. I voted Ignar. But anyway. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. You're going to throw the whole broadcast into the bus, right. It doesn't matter. No one else is going to respond. It's completely fine. But it's like, at, at the end of the day, like, I like I support people voted well. I can understand, like, people on that team saying that, hey, my own guy performed really well. And, like, sure, that's 
focusing they're putting 100% of their focus on those players so like I can understand being an advocate for that and I think there are a lot of people who are out there that will support uh, Danny and Ignar and I know that based on how they're playing they'll probably you know be in contention the next week as well but Licorice performed really fucking well so I don't want to take it away from them uh, you guys are lucky Triple didn't get it if I was there I would have I would have beaten up everyone he didn't want to give it to Triple even though his third game was pretty whatever yeah, Triple and NXI also performed really well. It was literally like, peop this was probably one of the rare weeks where there were individuals that just literally performed well throughout the week. They didn't have like a spotty game as you'd usually have. Like for instance, FBI last week, uh, a few weeks ago, I don't remember which week, that had the least in game that wasn't really the best, but the two games before that, he just like knocked it out of the park. Then Abadad like I feel like every MVP had that one kind of okay game. Um, but in this week, we had literally people who just performed well throughout the week week versus like top competition so i oh what were you gonna say mark you no nothing I, I i someone in the twitch has said the same thing i was gonna say I, I felt like this is a weird week because there were a lot of candidates um that you could realistically give it to yeah i am uh i don't know i think it's just funny i i just to tease <laughs> to tease peter a little bit i think it's the second tweet in the past month or so that he's regretted putting out there because he also had the tweet about the chat what the challenges for NA or something like he tweeted it went to sleep the classic mistake isn't it he you know he's from europe i understand why he he doesn't get it but you can't tweet something about north america on the international stage or the way international stuff works before you're going to sleep in north america because that's when europe wakes up and it goes on reddit and then you wake up to uh, a lot of angry messages in the morning uh, which I think is funny. When you said Peter, you're talking about double if for the, no, no, the licorice solo Peter tweet. Dunn. The licorice solo tweet was also great. Uh, yeah. uh, what's well, that? Am I just not seeing good shit on Twitter? What's yeah, going Raz, on Raz, here? what are you doing? Raz, you spend, open I, Raz, your I, fucking Twitter. Raz, I feel oh like you spend God. all your time on Twitter and you're missing these these great things. So when, <laughs> when Golden Guardians announced their uh, change, the roster change, uh, Double if tweeted something like minus solo plus licorice lol dog shit org or something and then licorice goes out gets player of the week leads Golden Guardians to two upsets I mean to be fair to, to Peter he was not the only person I think who had I don't know how many people thought dog shit org when they saw it but a lot of people thought that the roster change was odd but uh, it certainly feels like Golden Guardians and licorice were able to prove him and, and some of the other haters uh, wrong so I don't know I just I thought that a lot of people were memeing that as well. It's funny. So, okay. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, at least he kept, hey, that Peter kept his, wait, did he keep his tweet up? Did yes. Double keep that tweet I don't know up? if there Peter's ever deleted Gotta keep your tweet. tweets up. Peter yeah. Dunn, you gotta keep your tweet up. All I'm saying, that wasn't even that bad of a tweet. You're holding, you, you know, people are gonna play in the broadcast, maybe off that, fine, that's completely fine, but you, you're out there protecting your own. I, mean, I think it's completely fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Looks like Exogen is probably here. Exogen, if you're, I think somebody said that they saw you in the chat or something like that. So if you are here, um, feel free to, oh, feel free to pop into one of the, uh, the pleb calls and we'll, we'll pull you in to talk a little bit about your, your tweets, um, earlier today. Just let me know when you are in the chat and we'll, we'll pull you. I'm looking. Uh, I see people coming and going in the chat, and every time I see it bounce, I'm like, "Is that him?" Well, while we him? wait for him, Mark, we haven't done this in a while, and I saw some people asking about it. I think we have some folks that may be new here because of the the CLG stuff. But do you want to explain how the show works? 
Yeah, if you've never seen the show before and you want to come on and give us your best diss track to CLG, go ahead and join up the Discord that I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now. Uh, once you get there, go ahead and join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls to voice channels. Mute your microphone when you get there. No mouth breathers. Uh, and then in the Pleb Topics text channel up above, that's where you're going to write what your take is. I'll be reading that, looking for good ones. Um, I'll pull a couple right out the gate to make sure I have some people uh, held, but then otherwise I'll, I'll usually keep reading it over the course of the night, pulling people. Uh, you'll hang out in the waiting room until it's your turn. Then we'll do a quick mic check, make sure you sound okay, then pull you into the on-air to tell us um, about how much you hate CLG. Jesus. Please give us takes that are not just how much you hate CLG. They deserve a lot of criticism, but I just... We're, we just finished the second round, Rob, and there's so much more to talk about right now in the league, um, but but I'm sure we'll talk about it. Speaking of talking about it, Sojin's waiting in the waiting room, Mark, if you want to go check his audio really quickly and then pull him in. He's already out there. Uh, On the move. By the way, if you are a sub, thank you for being a sub, you can uh, sync your sub, your Twitch stuff with Discord in order to make sure you get access to the subtopics channel, which is where you will be able to also put your takes it moves a little slower sometimes on the pub topic stuff all right exogen is here matt matt first off is it oh matt boy. or sojin what do you want to go by you can call me matt you can call me sojin i the x kind of adds a little extra so i don't think you have to do the x okay uh <laughs> former what <laughs> for so what do you want to introduce yourself in terms of what your your history with clg is uh yeah sure i'm former academy head coach and assistant coach for the LCS team. All right. And you also recently coached a different team. Which team was that? Uh, I did Sola Fide, the one that did not get paid. And I would like to point out for you that they just got verified on their Twitter, but we are still not paid our money. So I'm just going to oh, throw that nice. one out there for y'all. Okay. Which team would you rather work for if you had to go back to what are the other, CLG or Sola Fide? I mean, I'd definitely go back to CLG because I could... <laughs> Get paid, right? Yeah. Streets or no streets. I'm gonna go with no streets, Travis. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so you had you had kind of a, a Twitter pop off today, uh, talking about the CLG stuff and, and MSG. And so it's kinda of, it's it's good to have you on because I think, you know, there's a lot of speculation from people outside. Certainly I've speculated and, and Mark and others have speculated. Uh, but you know what do, do you think that it is it is MSG that is exclusively holding back the org from finding competitive success? I mean, how what what is actually going on there? Let me say this before we get started. Sure. Uh, MSG certainly saved CLG, which what seemed like imminent doom on their end. Uh, they came in when they needed them the most, when LCS was getting started and everyone was getting these kind of like backings from a. Uh, at organizations and stuff like that, and CLG needed one drastically. And they got that with MSG. So I, I'm just going to lay that out there like they did what they had to do and they saved them from just non-existing, right? Um, but I do think they kind of stopped CLG from being what it could be. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot with what the teams in terms of like the staff and the players are limited to uh and it's just kind of like playing another game while you're also playing league of legends at the same time 
Because you're trying, you're. It sounds like you're saying you have to kind of manage up, as well while managing the team. Yeah, you kind of gotta like make sure that MSG is happy, but MSG's. How do I put this? You don't work uh, with the team no more. Let him, <laughs> let him get that fire. Just, just answer me more questions, Travis. It's <laughs> okay. as vague as possible. Okay, like, okay. Well, MSG... here, here's a question Be for more you. More specific with me. Yeah, so one of one of the things that you mentioned here on the list, which was really surprising to me, mm-hmm. was you said players are in constant fear for their jobs because MSG one week can just request a roster swap. So, like, that's really interesting to me because you don't really uh, generally have a lot of situations where, like, the parent company can come in and be like, we're making a roster swap. So I don't know if you could expand okay, a little yeah. bit on that. Was that, like, and, and when you so, say MSG, sorry, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, I can expand on that. So essentially... Mm, we kind of like tie things in our reports back to MSG as normal. I would assume all the other teams do that to like their whoever owns them. Uh, and through these, I have experienced moments where it's like they put the pressure on you to do something about it. Um, and if you don't, then it's like you're. I mean, you kind of get the gist. The gist, right? I've already said it. People are scared for their jobs. Uh, they're, in my opinion at least, they're constantly creating an environment where both the staff is scared for their jobs and that trickles down into the players who are scared for their jobs. And I've had people come and like talk about the argument like these are professional players, you know, like they should be scared for their jobs. Like this is um, pretty much like a very competitive sport. But I think people forget to realize the separation between creating a healthy environment to where your players want to come. They want to come learn. Uh, they're not scared for like what the week will hold that if their practice is terrible then it's gonna set the mood for like the rest of the games uh, Those are like two completely separate things that need to be established and I believe that MSG Has a lot of faults within their systems that kind of cause that Environment to occur gotcha so, so it's kind of a situation where it's not as formal, like, hey, you need to bench this person, but it's kind of like, it's like all right, you, you guys have been changes. losing a ton. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it type thing? Yeah, okay. that type of... Like, you should make changes. What changes are you making or something? Yeah. I mean, to read between the lines, I, th- I remember the, the Tony, the Zix lull, when he got let go from CLG, it felt like... If I remember that there, it, it was like a lot of people, it felt like wanted to see CLG make roster moves or something. That was the time. I mean, you don't need to confirm or deny this happened, but that's one instance where I can remember, uh, I think he got fired or let go or whatever. And then like immediately there were, there were roster moves. So reading between the lines, it feels like, hmm, I wonder if that was an instance. So that's another problem that stems is you're saying, I don't need to answer, but I actually don't have too much information on that. A lot of the information that streamlines from MSG downwards is very vague. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually spoken to a specific person that's not like already within the facility from MSG um, in like separate calls or meetings or anything else. It's all streamlined through like uh, one or two people. Uh, the system's kind of like changed over time, so it's like one or two depending on the year. And uh, that's like just another issue is that they're not very transparent. Um, the players will be very transparent about like what's working, what's not working. Uh, but it seems like you're kind of screaming into a void. There's no real feedback loop or the, it's just kind of like them saying, okay. And then nothing happening, you know, it's the same thing. Um, so there's those of you. One, one of the things that people mentioned on Reddit and I, I kind of agree with this is like, 
I think a lot of folks outside, and even myself knowing a little bit of like the structure there, don't really know when people say like, oh, MSG sucks or MSG is the problem, where that line is delineated. So I know like you kind of have, it feels to me from the outside that you have CLG staff. Mm -hmm. And then previously you had like Nick Allen, who was head of CLG, and then Dan Fleeter came in and was head of CLG after that. Last week, hilariously, right before this stuff, or ironically, uh, Greg Kim from EG goes over and is now the head of CLG. So, mm. do you do you think do you think that the issues, you know, where does where does MSG start and CLG ends? Do you, is it is it does it start at the head of CLG or does is it like the people above them and like whoever's running it, CLG is just in like a, the t world's toughest spot because they have to deal with MSG? So. After Nick, it wasn't just Dan, it was Matt, and then they transitioned Dan in to help with Matt to separate two different things. Gotcha. Uh, there have been like a couple iterations, and I think Summer Scott took over after Matt Trinity had left. Yes. And Toffle had also taken over. And I think at this point, there's been a couple people that have tried to lead. I think I've had my experience with a good amount of them, but it still feels like it's just coming from the top um it has nothing to do with actual people within the facility organizing it it's like you'll have like deliverables promised that don't seem to go through or uh you'll have things requested in terms of like training or like um things that are kind of like useless and it kind of falls on death's ear um not only that it feels like their trust is kind of like on and off too so there's gotcha. a lot of history behind it. It, it. It's really back and forth, honestly. And you can't have an organization kind of like putting their foot down every now and then and kind of like shifting the course on what your coaches or your staff are trying to build. So, so that, that – oh, go ahead. I, I have a question actually yeah. here. Mm -hmm. um, so coming in as a head coach for the academy team and also mm -hmm. working as assistant for the main team mm -hmm. uh, and talking about like the power that they've had kind of – being big and all that have they had control over just like what roster like who you can and cannot have in off season and have they made like that feedback very clear uh i i have had at one point a player that we we're gonna get that they said we couldn't acquire but that was for different reasons but generally in terms of selecting players in the off season to my knowledge it's kind of like the players are kind of drafted up and presented to the coaches and it's like these are your players, um, and then the goal for the year is, it, it, it's like unclear because they'll tell you the goal will be like, we want five rookies uh, and we want you to train all the rookies after just coming off of like a spring, uh, a split with like Tuesday and everybody else that have been like veterans. And it's like, okay, uh, you'll get feedback on what you need or my honest feedback on like what's needed to get the academy structure built up so you can get these rookies that they want. But it's like, sorry, the best we can do is like this. And is this and this is like the management that's doing this, or this MSG that's drafting the players? That's that's what I would like to know. And I'm telling you, I I don't really have full context on what information is given to MSG, what is said back downwards, and then what is given to us. It, it's more like here's your pieces, kind of like play, and then I'm guessing whether or not, you know, who said what. But at this point, it's like I'm just gonna do my job the best I can and. And when you're in the moment, you don't really think too hard on it or reflect too hard because you're too busy within the season focusing yeah. on 80 different other things. Okay, so one of the things that has come out of today is like Tafo 
has been receiving a lot of criticism and people calling for mm-hmm. him to, to be terminated mm-hmm. or whatever. Of course, I think he's the easiest target. Yes. And so I was going to ask you, given the context that you have about the organization, you know, he's obviously like the visible face of all this stuff. Do you think he is the issue? Do you think it's MSG? Is it some combination? Like where, where do you I... think people should feel frustrated with CLG? Sorry for cutting you off. No, you're Constantly good. Travis. Um, I don't think Tafo should take the full blame. I think Tafo was put in... So let me put it this way. Tafo has done other stuff besides uh, GM for us. Uh, everything that he's done, he's done a wonderful job. I think Tafo's a really smart person. Uh, he's really like honest and he's really nice and he really cares about the players. Um, he was kind of put into a position, a non-winning position already, right? Uh, we come off the year losing Irene, we lost POE, our whole thing is being restructured. It's his first time putting together a team. Um, Crown doesn't work out, halfway through we gotta get rid of Crown. Uh, There's like a lot of issues leading into his initial year. Uh, I had talked about visas. Um, I think I had two years in a row where I get players that come in like a month or two months later. Uh, And I've had subs, Benji, the current academy coach, was definitely a sub for us for like a very long time. there's just like a bunch of issues that he has to tackle all at once and he's not really set up for success. It's just kind of learn as you go. Uh, give us the reports. I hope everything works out is what it feels like. Yeah. Gotcha. Mark, I don't know if you have a question or, or cause you were, it seems like you were about to say something. Otherwise we can maybe hop into a call with a CLG per- person or caller. If somebody has something. No, I was, I was yelling about cutting you off more often uh, and how okay. I appreciate that. I to, you know what? I held myself back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did not. Um, if you want, I can grab a caller. Okay. Uh, so Matt, uh, Exogen, I was going to ask you, do you want to stick around for a caller talking about some of the CLG stuff? I don't know how comfortable you are. Uh, that's fine by me. Okay, cool. I'm not doing much. Call is more about the video. I'm pretty sure in what it says about the management than it is about specific i don't know we'll figure it out we'll figure, figure it out, out as we go. very good um well let's let's move on to our first caller and uh mark's off to grab them thank you to imz ginger for the uh gifted month to sojin i'm sure he'll appreciate that so many thank things you. for the 38 months uh john g365 for the 19 sandy toes for the 15 gavo 265 pilgrim panda uh, Kensicht, Fish Molson for one year. I love you, chat, for 43. We'll get some more oh, in man. a second. But our first caller is here, Warden Winter, the mod god himself. Uh, what are you, where are you calling from? Warden. Oh, that's the other Warden. That's Winter's Ward. God Ooh. damn it. How do you not? You don't even know the people who help you out. <laughs> I don't know his name. I you owe him so something. Hurt. You owe both of them something. Uh, Warden Winter. Where are you calling from? State College, Pennsylvania. And I will be at uh, LCS Finals this year. Nice. Well, I will apologize in person if you remind me. Uh, what do you <laughs> uh, want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I, I had a take that the the video and how they did it, like not, not just that they released the video, but how they delivered the information to the players kind of shows a lack of competence from the CLG management there and kind of a lack of key leadership skills that they really need to be able to succeed. Gotcha. Do you want to explain a little bit? Yeah. So one of the biggest things for effective leadership is to have effective communication. And to communicate effectively, you need to be clear. And 
when they talked about how benching the players, you know, or not benching, it was a possibility of roster swaps, I think was the words, and kind of couched in this language of, I still love you guys, don't worry, like, it's just not clear what the players should be taking out of it or what is actually going to be happening next. And so it's, it's not clear anywhere what the next steps are for the org or for players or kind of from the management. So I, here's, all right, I want to phrase this. The interesting Mm. thing to me is I actually think that that video, like fans really want transparency. That was a terrible way to go about it. If you stuck that video into a like 20 or 30 minute long documentary that you release later on, I'm hoping Mark is agreeing with me here, then you are, uh, with his strong gestures, then you are actually like, then, then it's actually, (laughs) it's actually much better. And, and like, it might feel bad, but if you've got like a narrative and you're revealing sort of like these behind the scenes, tough moments, and it's not just this like short little clip, like maybe you saw all the buildup of it. Maybe beforehand there was context on like, we really need to figure this stuff out. We need to improve. We need to, whatever you have some sort of context rather than just like, here's a Bud Light clip on Twitter that we've clipped, uh, for our sponsor of us telling our players that some of them are going to get benched soon. That like that, I think is the biggest issue to me is like, I think there is a way to show these behind the scenes moments. And I, I'm curious if Matt just thinks I'm completely off my rocker here because I know that he, or exogen, because I know he's coming from the coaching side and he, he works with players, but like, I think there's a way to do this and to show this with tact and the way that they just did it, I think is the issue more than just like a situation where maybe you should never show that conversation in any way, shape or form. So I would love to take this. Sure. It's literally what we just talked about is that transparency is a non-factor throughout not only the coaching um, like area or like the players, but it's I believe it's kind of through their uh, content that they make and their social team and everything else. Um, you, you really have like a handful of people at the CLG offices, offices running tons of things. And I don't know if anyone really cares or knows, but... I've been doing more socials, uh, kind of transferred over, trying to test out new things with C9 and kind of seeing their processes and how things run. And it's just like a completely different world. You have people taking on like three, four man jobs. uh, And you're expecting like the content team to pump out all these pieces when they have, they probably have like sponsored deliverables that they have to do and they have to take care of all of that and plan that. And it's only like, uh, I don't know how many people they have now, but when I was there, it was really like only like three people kind of handling content, socials, was like one person, and it, everyone kind of had their hands in like everything pretty much. And I've already touched on like uh, on my tweets, Slop Dog, Ronnie, team mom manager, literally 1v9ing the whole CLG office along with Cook Andrews, making sure all the players are good, you know, cooking meals for them, going to the actual houses and doing things, fixing things like. These dudes are doing jobs that they should not be doing or are not getting paid enough for. So, so you just, just hire on the extra it's help that you need. Understaffing issue. It sounds like you're saying. I, I think it's a huge understaffing issue. Yeah, well, and I think that would kind of explain the lack of certain skills because if you're expecting the people to do all these different jobs, they can't be top tier at all those jobs. So you're going to have areas where they're just lacking, and where you could have someone better at the job, but you aren't getting that in there. Yeah, and 
another thing is that like esports is like 24/7, right? There's, it's constantly going. Uh, whether it's LCS or whatever teams you have, yeah, there's streamers and stuff that you have to take care of. And uh, how are you ever gonna like sit reflect on what you're good at, you know, or understand where you need to work on besides like reports that are done yearly or something like that, you know? And it's like, well, I really wish I knew this in the middle of the year. Or I wish somebody could help me with this in the middle of the year. And maybe this content piece would have been better. Or, uh, I would have been able to use this content idea, except I just don't have the hands for it, you know? I don't have the actual funding for it. Um, all that stuff. So I, I agree with, with Travis, which is why I was, was swinging my arms around a lot. And to your point about like the transparency and being understaffed and all that stuff, because I think... The video itself had it's a lot of issues. I think a lot of it also is the presentation of just like a one minute clip out that just goes raw into, all right, you guys played good on Friday, but you fucked up the next two days, so I'm benching some of you. Is basically, you know, like what that minute long video was <laughs> within like a Bud Light ad. You know, like it just felt so brutal. Whereas, like Travis is saying, I feel like if someone had oversight on what this is and how it's going to be received and like really be like, okay, this is not the way you do this. Um, I feel like you, you, you could put that out. It, I still think there's, there's issues with it. Like some of how things were worded. I think, you know, I like Tafo, I know him, but like saying, if you guys got the one, if you guys three owed the week, it would have been fine. I feel like you should be using internal things and being like, how is our team performing? How do we feel about the team more than like exactly what's happening on on the weekend stuff? But like either way, I, I feel like in a larger piece of content, I said almost this exact same thing on the dive actually, which is why I was like, you know, what's up, Travis? Because we there's been videos before. I think the C9 one was not particularly well done. I don't think this one was particularly well done, but there's been videos that, you know, you have the players talking, you have the coaches talking, um, and you, you build a whole storyline around it, and then you you can find a way to navigate that situation that gives fans transparency, but is also not sticking a camera in a room for one minute and saying you guys are benched and then showing the players' faces. Like, execution is everything. Um, and this was just horribly executed. So so I have this theory, which is... Go ahead, Raz. He's a guest! He's sitting here! I'm just sitting here! What'd you call me for, Travis? D Travis... Raz, this morning, I thought you were going to dive in on all more, this Raz. stuff previously. Go ahead. What do you think? Travis. Okay. <laughs> so the Cutler's <laughs> point didn't even counteract yours. Like the, the, the initial point of initial point of how he worded it, which is basically what Mark just said, which is like there's possibly, you know, roster changes or something like that. If you don't know, then or if you don't know what the exact roster changes are or something like that, then it shouldn't even be presented to that room at that point. You want to be 100% prepared before you even get into that kind of conversation. And also, um, you're right, as like another up to like Mark's point, which is like talking about one, two, one, you know, all these things, that doesn't actually mean anything. Like, what have we actually gotten better at all these things? Like, just as a general heads up. And also another thing is like, <clears throat> probably it's my bigger point, which is middle of the season, top eight, gets in playoffs. We don't even fucking know, like, every week is different so like they could very easily still get into the top eight and even if you want to make these changes beforehand you can always make the changes and then by the end of the season or you know come out with this video when you like if you want to um do that like that that's always the way to go uh, that's one thing that i actually appreciated about how FlyQuest did their business or how golden guardians did their business was that like they're just changes that they made 
uh, you know, throughout the split. And then they got good results off of it, or at least like re very recently. Sometimes it didn't get good results. Diamond came back onto the team without his ass getting blasted in front of a camera uh, <laughs> in between splits. And you, I appreciate that. And now he's working out well. Morale is probably really damn good on those teams uh, because, you know, they're focused on their own play. And I think that's one thing I actually appreciate. And to the larger point, remember, what incentive does a, a bottom three, bottom four team have blasting players like this, in my opinion, during the split? If you're a team, TSM or a team look at, I can understand you can be like, well, you know, we're a world's team. We're a team that plays our player the, you know, the best and all these things. This is an obligation. People would still fucking hate it. But like you can understand that. But there's no incentive, at least from a management perspective, to like, these players are on your team probably to like rejuvenate their career and give themselves a chance. And then, like some more than us, every every player has a different you know purpose or goal that got them there. After doing like this, after something like this, even if this was like, even if the fans didn't blow up on this, for the next season, who's actually going to join that team? You're not going to get secure imports because like that's a fucking shit uh, storm. <laughs> you're not going to get L any other LCS players. And the worst thing, you're probably not going to get the best academy players because they could their brands probably going to get blown up if they don't get. Like a top eight somewhere at the beginning of the split because of shit like this like what for me would be a goal is like hey i'll use a random example of the player like a contracts who definitely wants lcs playtime right it, but if he looks over that shit storm in clg ooh, what does that do for him like from a branding perspective he goes on that team plays pretty well or at least as best as he can but that's still a losing team well they're just gonna fucking plaster him uh, uh you know in front of a camera and then so like from a branding perspective, now even top academy players don't have an incentive to join your team. Don't do this stuff is my mm -hmm. is my big blow up. Facts, Raz. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I feel like when you when you break it down to your point like who is that video for? Like for it's not for fans because you didn't give them a, a game plan, right? You know, you didn't give them a goal of yeah. like, hey, we're benching these two people. We believe that by bringing in these academy players, we might be able to do this. This like there is no fourth forward thing. It was just them being like, "We're benching you guys," and that's it. So, so fans I aren't theory. gonna like. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like I don't, I really don't know who that that video was supposed to be for. It's not gonna make your players look good. It doesn't make your management look good. Not gonna make fans happy to, for transparency because you're not actually giving them like something to hold on to. You're just saying some of these guys might be gone. I I literally don't understand. I mean. Yeah. It's back to what their goal is, right? <laughs> what do they want to do with the team? And they've not shown in the slightest what they want to do with CLG as a team. They're picking up players for what purpose? What are they doing with their brand? Like, IMT was, like, awful last year. IMT was just, like, one of the worst teams as well to be on. And I think they've done a fantastic job this year. I think at least Golden Guardians has a direction that they're trying to go towards. And it doesn't matter if they lose because they're they have a goal in mind and they're reaching it, you know? It's like, what does CLG want? What are they trying to prove? What are they trying? Are they trying to bring the fans back? Cause like, I honestly have no clue how people are fans of CLG at this point. Yeah. It's, he's yeah. holding on the straws. Well, and to so Sojin's point, like really earlier on, like, and I'm not like speaking for you at all, but like just extrapolating, if you're too afraid of what's happening from heads up and above, then the idea of, you know, investing in a franchise player that like kind of like what golden guardians like the risk that they did in spring split that's a death sentence 
Like if you just come in with a player like that or like with a mentality around um, bringing it from the bottom up and if it doesn't work up, then, you, you know, coaching staff is not or the management even management, coaching staff, everyone's going to be on, heads on heel and like going to be doing everything differently because they don't have clear direction. And that's always been my problem with CLG with MSG is that they don't have a clear head, right? For EG, they have Nicole. Mm -hmm. uh, for um, uh, they have Megumi on, uh, on FlyQuest. Like they have, they have basically maybe a hundred like faces for them. Yeah, exactly. They have faces, not just for the fans, but for the people within the in uh, you know the players, for the, the the fucking coaching staff that they can always go to, have like a one-on-one -on -one and have clear direction on what they're actually doing. Uh, and if you don't get that, then it's always on your toes. So I had, so I'm, I'm just, if anybody can clarify this, is the Bud Light Gaming cooldown just the clip that they post to Twitter or is it actually a video? Because my understanding, my impression initially, so, so I still have an archive version of the tweet, which was like, quote, this might be the last time that we have this roster of live playing at Tafokens. On the Bud Light Gaming cooldown, we take you behind the scenes on a private team meeting hashtag lcs hashtag clg fighting so i don't know if it's supposed to be teasing like a broader if this was a clip from the broader show but something. like okay i think it's teasing something yeah. so, so so my theory in terms of like how this happens and kind of getting back to the management stuff not to say that this is any you know excusing it or anything like this but my guess is they're working on this video it's going to come out later you have you know, I'm not trying to blast anybody here, but like a social media person or like a sponsorship person or something that's like, we ought to put out something on social media that will like catch people's eyes and like get, get people interested in this stuff or whatever. And so they clip this section of that video and they post it to the Twitter and they're like, here we go. We're, you know, it's, it's less thinking about like the PR side of it and more just kind of this like automated process. Like I would be surprised if leadership at CLG like actually was green lighting this and was like, yeah, yeah, this is perfect. Just go post this. Um, because I'm guessing it's as Matt had said, uh, or exogen that it's just, people are really overworked. There's so few people there. Somebody's under pressure to try to get like Twitter impressions up. They've got this clip. They know they can post it and it'll, you know, that maybe not. Yeah. To be fair, so much about the I PR think this is two separate issues. I think these are two separate issues to be honest. Like there's a, there's a large, um, I mean, they can bleed into each other. Absolutely. Um, this one specifically definitely had a quality control issue, like of someone just being able to listen in and be like, this is not a good idea from the content side, uh, pushing yeah. this out. So, so Stacy Layla in says, chat says just it's, a clip, it's a clip every, every week on Monday. Yeah. So if just that's just your Monday clip, just fire and forget into the void. Yeah. That's terrible. Then I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. Like, I wish I knew the process, like I'd be very fascinated with the process by it. So somebody filmed it and they were like, they reviewed it, they, they edited it. And then they sent it to the social media person and said, tweet it. Like I, it's, I don't know. It's just really weird. Um, That's what I'm saying. The back channels aren't enough. It's like someone, you'd think it's like that difficult, but it's like the one person films it, he goes, edits it. And then he can just go over and talk to the one social guy and they like i've seen the video editing people work with the social the, the the singular social dedicated person together right like i've seen multiple people working with him because this dude is just by himself yeah like how you expect to have one social person 
across the board and then have other people pitch in versus like C9, who we currently have seven people on just the social side. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, well, I agree. Uh, one more thing I want to say about this uh, yeah. is because there's some people who are saying like, oh, league fans are just like overreacting or like this is why you'll never get transparency anymore is because, you know, they get flamed for being transparent and stuff. Or you know, and I've seen tweets about this. I've seen this kind of be like the counter backlash that's coming in response to the initial backlash of like, this shit was stupid. Um, and to me... I really hope that's not the takeaway from orgs and other people that they're like, well, this is this is why next time I make a roster move, I'm not saying shit. Because, like, again, execution is everything. There's such a... like Anyone who works in content for any period of time can see a way that you could do a truthful, honest, raw version of, like, our team is struggling, we got to make changes video. That's not this. That would be received well. And, like... A one-minute clip in the middle of like a random meeting that just goes right into it is not it. And so that's why I hope teams, I swear to God, if if the, like the people watching are like, oh man, well, let's just not be transparent anymore because this is what's going to happen. It's like, no, no. Yeah. I mean, we've talked Please, about the this. Love of God. We talked about this with the Team Liquid stuff, right? It's like, it's, it's really weird to me because we've seen, and I feel like it's been amplified so much this split because of the amount of roster changes that have been occurring within the split. But I, I personally feel as though we have seen teams in the LCS have done, I think, a poor job of thinking proactively about how they message roster changes, how they handle this stuff, et cetera. There should always, in my opinion, be like we talked about this with the Darduck stuff, I think last week or the week before. It's like there should always be a break in case of emergency thing plan that you have to execute on when you need to make roster changes. And I get that not all of them happen in the same way. Sometimes you're making a roster change on a Friday when your team is playing the next day on a Saturday. But it's just, it's been disappointing to me to see how much everyone has just fumbled the ball in terms of like either no transparency or in this case, a disturbing level of transparency uh, without context and all this stuff. It's just, it's really weird. And so I, I hope that every LCS team that is seeing what's happening some of them are participating in it, but others I think are watching it, should be thinking to themselves, we are going to figure out how we are going to handle this in the future and like where the right line is. And I agree with Mark, it shouldn't be, well, we're just never gonna talk about it. We're just gonna like put a tweet out and like ignore any of the conversation, but more like how, how do you think thoughtfully about this stuff? So I don't I'm know. not gonna lie, I, I'm always in the, in the boat of transparency because when we talk about transparency like people are saying more transparency sorry you kind of cut off no transparency no transparency okay we're comparing like well let me just fucking finish my point here mr sorry go i didn't understand you i wanted to make sure everybody could hear what you meant snap in a z formation um so like my point is what people want to hear is like oh why is a player off the you know uh, in academy or off the team or something like that you really want them to be like Oh, because this guy, and I'm just making stories up, by the way. This is not a real thing. Oh, this guy had a huge fit, blah, 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 and now he's off the team. Or, oh, this guy, like, really sucked in comparison to the academy player, and this is why he's, like, moved into the academy team or something like that. If you are just that, like, uh, straightforward, or, like, oh, there's this, the, if you just communicate the drama in particular, like, people want this type of shit, by the way. And, mm -hmm. yeah, suddenly, I don't really care. Like, I'm just spe speaking from, like, players' perspective. Like, if you're talking about wanting to be on the team, uh, like, one of these type of teams, they're just not going to be interested. And also, another thing, I think teams like C9 or TSM or 
uh, Team Liquid can do that because they're championship teams. They're type of teams where it's like it's that transparency is much more easier because there are higher expectations versus some of the teams that we were, by the way, talking about, like a CLG that is last place, place not only in their LCS team, but they're an academy team, uh, or Golden Guardians or uh, Licorice. Uh, when I say Licorice, I meant FlyQuest. Or FlyQuest, like these teams that it's like, there is going to be bumps in the road and you are incentivized to like not blow up the players uh, publicly so you can actually have a chance at A, either them redeeming themselves or B, if it doesn't work out, taking a chance at another player without them being very suspicious and taking other options. So I would have a different response to if it was a TSM, Team Liquid or whatever, or 100 Thieves, I guess right now. Yeah. Uh, but for the bottom teams, just don't, you don't have to say why. Like you can say it's not working out. You can use the vague shit. I, I think the Dignitas one was just really, really poorly executed. Um, but like, just be vague in comparison to just like tr blowing up players. Uh, right. Yeah, and I think a lot of these organizations don't realize how hard their words and all that stuff transfers on these players' reputations and stuff like that. And that's definitely one of the things. Uh, really shitty roster swaps damage reputations for players a lot harder than they would think. All right. Uh, well, Warden Winter, thank you so much for the call. I apologize for the uh, Warden mix-up. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, just a shout out to your upcoming Hotline League Live that's going to be at finals, which I'm sure you're going to do, right? Oh my! <laughs> I would yes. I would say uh, for sure, absolutely. I would, I would say much easier to do that back when when my uh, title sponsor was associated with LCS. Uh, maybe more difficult now. I haven't looked into it. I'll, I'll just put it that way. But it. There was, a, yes? there was an easier easier way to, about to, to do it previously. I thought it like it is to me. First uh, case scenario, Travis and I go to a random hotel, grab okay. the Wi-Fi password, and we just host it in the lobby. Worst no, case Mark, scenario. Do you want to put any effort into into that? No more than I just did. Yes, exactly. I can, I can help secure the Wi-Fi. Do it in the streets of New Jersey. Yeah, That's set up a hotspot. God Just set man. up a hotspot on your phone. <laughs> Do it please in the please don't put this on me, guys. I don't know guys, how difficult it is to noisy. make something like this happen during uh, the the months following the lifting of all this stuff. I don't know. Anyway, Warren Winter, uh, hopefully, show here. hopefully I see you at the live hotline league that uh, we are probably not going to be able to do. But thank you for the, <laughs> the call. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. All right. Exogen. Uh, thank you for, for calling in uh, and of course, sharing Travis your, is... your bit. We've spent the last hour or so talking about this. So is there anything uh, that you want to say out there before we say goodbye to you? No, nah, I don't really have much, Travis. I was just bored. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm glad I could give you something to do on a Monday night. Yeah, really entertaining. Thanks. First time you ever had me. I'm so surprised. Mark, you should have asked really? me a lot sooner or no. Well, yeah, do you remember when he joined C9, he and Portillo were spamming in the chat saying, can we please talk about how oh, interesting it is? Oh, don't say him and Portillo. It was just Portillo. You you <laughs> also spammed it as well. You, I do you wanted I have us to talk about you joining Cloud9. You're sounding it. real sus right now, Travis. I don't see no proof and a lot of accusations. Well, anyway, I'm just happy you're getting paid now. Uh, I'll catch you later. Thank so, you, thank so you. Did. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks, guys. Later. Yeah, All right. Take it easy. We're gonna take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Alienware. Uh, so Alienware doing a bunch of really cool stuff, but one of the things that I've been talking about a lot lately is 
their Black Friday in July deals. Uh, you can s save on unrivaled power, limited deal quantity deals uh, going on right now. If you actually, the easiest way, the secret is the easiest way to get all, to all this stuff is just to go to Dell.com. You'll see a big banner right there. But if you can, if you can also go to Alienware.com slash Travis. If you check, if you land on that page, actually, I take it all back. Don't go to Dell.com. They've updated my page. We love Alienware. Alienware.com slash Travis. The top banner, you can click on it. It's a, it's a big old ad for uh, the Black Friday and July stuff, and you'll see all their limited time deals. So you can keep checking back because they do these limited quantity drops of these awesome deals, uh, similar to maybe what some of you guys saw during like Prime Day or whatever. And so it's a perfect time if you keep your eye on it. Maybe you're going to find spot a great deal on something. So right now, for instance, they have an M15 R4 gaming laptop. This thing's got an i9 in it and a 3080, normally 3200 bucks, down to 2400 right now. 39% uh, claimed. So I can't promise uh, it'll be there if you are watching the VOD or whatever. But again, clicking on that banner at the top of Alienware.com slash Travis, you can go see some of these deals. And it's awesome when they're dropping stuff like this. Uh, for folks that are, are interested in getting something new. So either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Please go get uh, some Black Friday and July deals going. And by the way, Team Liquid did an amazing ad. I wonder if it's on the Team Liquid channel or the Team Liquid LL channel. Did you guys see this where they they dressed Jenkins up uh, as an old man, Mark and, and Raz? I saw a little bit of it. I saw yes. like five seconds before I moved away. Yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it in the chat because I'm actually so impressed at what they were able to do. There's a link. Are they doing the, the Kyrie here. Irving video? I don't know. You're know talking about Raz. I I know what you're talking about. It was Uncle something. Yeah. Uh, uh, God. Th that God, those videos it. were incredible. They're probably all staged. Uncle but like, Drew. Fuck, I don't, yeah. Uncle Drew. Yeah. yeah but you, you guys 90. should. You should see the makeup that they did. I'm actually really the impressed. Price. They must have hired a makeup artist or something like that for this video. Uh, but shout out to Team Liquid. I love it. I don't think that this this got enough attention, but um, it's no, actually what they do with hilarious. it. It's here. Do you see it? I, I linked it in the in the chat in the Twitch chat, Mark, the Twitter thing. Skip, just skip around and see what they did to make him. I don't know. It's just it's so funny to me how old they were able to make him. And the great thing, like oftentimes these uh you know, newer players I think are not down to to play this stuff up so much, but his acting is actually pretty good in it. It was pretty impressive. So I don't know. Uh I What the fuck? Isn't it crazy? It's yeah, good, but six I... seconds in I'm done with it. I mean I I just like they needed to go somewhere public with him. They should have brought him to the LCS. And yes. like had him pretend to be Jenkins' dad, and you know, like say, like talk some shit to the other players or something. Might be hard you know, to get like LCS to uh, to to do an Alienware ad right now, but I. Uh, if they were I trading don't know. times. You don't have to tell him it was an Alienware. What are you doing? Yeah, just, like, what are you doing? Play a game. Anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring. Hey, what are they going to do? Tell them, tell them no. I thank <laughs> you so much to yes. Riot tells people no all the time. Wait, I can't that, dress my player in old man makeup and put him on stage. It's a skin condition. What are you going to do? Take him off the stage? Do it while Afari's playing. Just put him in makeup and walk him around the LCS studio like you're filming content normally, which teams can do. And just have him, like, talk to talk to top laners and shit talk to them. And they're sure like, who is this old fuck roaming around saying this shit? Provide all this feedback to Team Liquid and they can, they can do this. Uh, maybe they can bring it back. Maybe they can bring it back. They absolutely need to because that was the whole thing about the Uncle Drew thing that was awesome was, like, I mean, it might have been staged, but either way, like the seeing people have to interact with this old guy 
Yeah, that's some good shit. Yeah. Well, also, I don't know how teams would feel about their players appearing in a rival sponsor video. Mark, you make the these faces. This is actually the shit that goes on behind the scenes. Everyone act will will think that I am like crazy for suggesting that this is the way it works. But you know how it is. When you try to work with when you are a team and you're sponsored by one brand, and then the other team is sponsored by a different brand, you think TSM is going to be happy that their players are showing up at an Alienware ad? All you have to do. Here. Oh my god! Walk into a random mall. You know, tilting me off. Interacting with anybody. Planet friend okay you might even find a nice anti-vaxxer so you can make content at their expense see Jesus. great idea go down to the promenade or the pier you know even though you're not yeah. supposed to film at those spots it's fine what are they gonna take your youtube video down probably probably <laughs> okay, what, what, what is tsm gonna do if you record bjerks and getting interrupted by an old man are we gonna record bjerks and being mean and then they're gonna be like hey don't do that well, I, I don't answer to tsm i answer to team liquid it is Great. I'm glad. Can we can we go on to the next caller now, Mark? So I love how that was all a part of your ad. <laughs> I think I think I need to make sure that it wasn't. Is uh what I would say. Okay. Uh, ba 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 Where are we? Okay. Thank you to uh, Colors and Bloom, Micro, Smoke Dog for 26 months, Emulator, Omega Diamond Zinc, Whoopley. I think I got everybody. Ari Waddle. And then uh, Cheney Core for the three months, Raging Pianist for 25, Musiki, Acar and Liberated, uh, Hatigual, thank you for the five gifted subs, Dasher777, and uh, 20 pounds of hummus. Notorious. Yeah, book. thank you for the gifted sub, Raging Pianist. Pianist. Thank you, That's what you said. <laughs> I know, I was just reiterating uh, it. Uh, Jiro, Not thanks bad. for calling in. Where, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Cranston, Rhode Island. Cranston, Rhode Island. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my topic is that Danny is easily one of the top candidates for summer 2021 MVP based on the stats, eye tests, and uh, where he comes from. Uh, you know, he's fresh out of amateur. He uh, he was only on one team in amateur. That was Zenith Esports, which then got absorbed by Evil Geniuses to make Evil Geniuses Prodigies. Uh, in his first ever split, he comes in. He's challenging people like FBI for the top position in AD carry. Uh, he's putting up really impressive stats for ADCs who have played more than 10 games. He has a 5.0 KDA. Uh, it's the second highest. Um, he's the second highest in DPM for ADCs with more than 10 games. Uh, he took a middling EG, EG roster. Uh, they're now 12 and 6 in summer. Um, they're right up there, third place tied. Uh, they're just doing really well. They I think they're tied for second like gonna be... if you're just looking at summer summer record, yeah. If, if you're looking at summer record, yeah, they're second. But if you're yeah. looking at all-time standing right now, they're third. Uh, he's just—he's looking really impressive, I think. So, who are all of his? Credit, uh, are there to are, Abadage? Who, what was that? Sorry, Mark. What were you saying? Nothing. What were you gonna say? I was gonna ask who are the who are the other names that would be on that list? Actually, I'm trying to remember. Uh, for rookie is now for throughout the year. I didn't think. I don't or think he said rookies, play. Travis. Oh no, I'm saying for the actual. Whole you're saying MVP. MVP? There, that's Travis, problem, listen Travis. to the damn Travis, you guys, You're the host, Travis. I didn't realize a host didn't need ears. Okay, well, co-hosts don't need mouths. Um, here's what I will say, uh, Jiro. <laughs> uh, here's here's what I will say. I was like, I was like, oh, he's calling in with the very standard. 
it's rookie of the split or rookie of the year thing. And I was like, okay, thought that it was going to be rookie. Uh, and then, and then you're actually going MVP, which I think is actually wild. Uh, no wonder Mark mentioned Abudaki. You're unmuted now, Mark. Um, I was just doing to, to yeah, Mark no. and Raz what Raz does to everybody on Friday uh, afternoons before. I love show. it. Um, <laughs> Why not both then? Why not both rookie? Well, I think if you're giving him MVP, you have to give a rookie, right? Like you, you have to get both. Well, MVP is not just the best player in the league. It's the person who has the most value to his team. There could be like an actual like better rookie. But you're so, you think somebody could get MVP and then somebody else would get rookie? That I mean, I don't. Me. I, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that could happen. I'm, I'm, I yeah. still think Danny's the best rookie. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's plausible. MVP. People give Abadage credit for turning around hundred thieves, right? They're like, oh, Abadage came in. They went from fourth to first. Danny comes in. Only change from spring to summer. They go from fifth to second. But based on is the, the caller crazy? Is the caller crazy? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. But like, okay, so I'll, I'll go into the to the point where I think it's the coldest take. I'm not saying you made this take, but I'm saying we all agree with the idea that Danny is the rookie of the year just based on I haven't seen the other rookies, but I'm I, I can't like, you know, I haven't even thought of a second rookie that's on the top of my mind. But almost easily, like, uh, um, Danny is coming with a really strong split. Of course, he has to finish the split, so we need to see that nothing catastrophic ends up happening here, right? But like. Overall, has been really damn good. Uh, but from an MVP perspective, like I wouldn't even say that he is the best player on EG. Mm. Like I think Ignar has just been consistently having incredibly strong games. Um, so like there's that aspect, and then there's the easy ones of Spika, Closer, Abadaga. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that comes to mind. Uh, how how are Ignar or Danny supposed oh, to yeah, get MVP as well. when they can't Go even on. get Player of the Week? Well, that's You're exactly trying to... why they can't be MVP. They're not good yeah, enough. There it is. Exactly. Just naturally. Exactly. Uh, uh, go on. I was going to say, so Danny for MVP, I agree. I, I feel like he's good. Don't get me wrong. I really like Danny. Uh, he's been incredible to watch. I, he's grown a lot, too, just over the course of this split. I mean, I think early weeks, Danny to Danny in the last two is almost night and day difference. Um, I still think that, like, a lot of the ways that EG plays to your to Raz's point about the best player. I mean, not even just best, but like the most influential players are a lot of times the the top side of the map. I feel like Jazuke um, uh, gets a lot of credit and bad credit, like negative, like just all the attentions on Jazuke. I feel like, uh, but I feel like that makes sense considering he's such an explosive player, um, and people watch him because he is the engine in a lot of plays where he's making things happen. Like, don't get me wrong. Danny played great. He, this is one of the things Peter Dunn popped off on on, on Twitter uh, this week. Like, he played Tristana, had a pretty like decent laning phase, and then just AFK split pushed and did his job of taking turrets down while the enemy team reacted to all the bullshit happening somewhere else on the map. And then, like, he chunked people out in front of turrets. Like, he, he, he was playing the game really well, but I'm watching that game, and I'm not like, wow, Danny's winning on the game. You know, it's like, wow, the top side of the I map is... I was about to say, Go I ahead. thought that specific game, like him chunking Ezreal at one moment, got them the free Baron. Like, they, they yeah. secured the Baron incredibly well as a, as a team, but, like, 
he kind of gave him that window. So I, I give him credit for that one. I still think that in that game, I'd give it to uh, Ignar. But it's like creating a competition of like two incredibly good players. So I don't want people coming out of this thinking, you're shitting on Danny. <laughs> so, oh, another thing too. Uh, Fudge came into the conversation. And I realized how, you know, bastardized the whole rookie of the year conversation can be. Because like, the whole, I, my memory goes back to the LPL, which just gave like Viper, you know, Griffin Viper rookie of the year. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot. Like having a conversation about experience versus inexperience is always going to be hard. So I'm just going to leave that one alone and we'll just go straight to the MVP. So it doesn't topic. matter. Fudge, yeah. Fudge, Fudge isn't even eligible for rookie of the split in right. NA yeah. rules. Oh, there it is then. There we go. Saves you the effort of having to think about it. Yeah. Thank goodness. But he's, <laughs> it's got to be Danny, right? For, for rookie. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I think so. Once think again, so. like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. So, um, we, oh, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say that I think uh, the MVP thing is tough. Uh, we were talking about this on the dive a little bit. It, this feels like a weird split for MVP currently. Um, you know, EG surging up the rankings feels like they should have a candidate on their roster. But I actually don't even know who I would suggest for EG. For TSM, it feels like all the weights ending up behind Spica, uh, especially given his most recent weekend. Like he popped off even in that game that they won. Like it was pretty sus, and it was like his Diana hard carrying. Um, and then on Hunter Thieves, I feel like there's actually a lot of candidates, and that's not always necessarily a good thing because it's like, are you giving it to Abadaga? Are you giving it to FBI? Are you giving it to to Closer? Like there's all these people who might be taking them from each other. And everyone um, will be pissed whenever somebody. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's very fascinating. Yeah, so this is a really weird split right now for me to be talking about MVP because I don't feel like I have a good answer right now. Yeah, even though I'm like, oh, it's probably not Danny, but at the same time, like if they end up winning the split, let's say get all the way to first, I'm like, well, wait, maybe I am. I don't know. I mean, it yeah. it makes it. It's because this is, in my opinion, the most chaotic split we've ever had uh, that I can remember, at least. Like, it's crazy to see how all these teams are doing um, and how you'll have like hundred T surge and then like their surge will fall. And now like we've got EG who like, I feel like two or three weeks ago, nobody was even thinking about EG as anything other than like a middling team. Like they were just, nobody was really talking about them. Now everybody's talking about them a ton. Uh, you know, like the, the traditional top teams are all over the place other than TSM and TSM. I feel like maybe because to Mark's point, like they're not, they're not this like flashy team that's like dominating everybody. Like they are not, they're just not commanding the conversation. So it's a really weird, it's exciting. And there's a lot of uncertainty, which I like, but it's really hard to find what the narrative is because this is not just like immortals or cloud nine or TL or TSM yeah. dominating everyone. And like the biggest story is when will this team drop a game? You know, I do want to make it pretty clear with evil geniuses. Cause like for sure, like, I'll just give an example. Like the broadcast team was definitely tracking their success. Like what, my biggest thing on Evil Geniuses was like they had a two they had a, a two one week taking down like TSM and Dig in week four, and then week five that's when they got their five win streak. And for the most part, most teams would get like a, a good hit, a good juice. Like people would give them a lot of respect based off of a five game win streak. But then, like that was the split. That was the week where they had CLG, Golden Guardians, and FlyQuest. Yeah. And so, like, FlyQuest during their ridiculous, like, I think it was, like, 10-game losing streak. Uh, everybody already knows about CLG and their lo the losses that they were taking. And Golden Guardians was, like, a good, was a, a growing team. But the asterisk was always that we needed to see more. And this week was that more. Uh, and, and then they killed it. So, 
So it, it strength of schedule definitely plays a role into it. And also going to the point that Mark said about like, like who we take from uh, evil geniuses. And yeah, they're, they're a really fucking good, well-rounded team. And a lot of their players are, are, are rising in those moments. And I do think that people just don't give a lot of thought process into, and I'm just saying everyone, like supports that are rising. Like Ignar has just had consistently insane games. Same goes for Danny, but like Ignar has for me like been a real standout that's changing the support tier list for me and for a lot of people. Um, but because of the fact that people don't look towards supports a lot of the times in like just stomps and more so the carries because they're a lot more flashier, um, then yeah, you just, you he, he ain't getting that MVP or like a player of the games are, I mean, or like much respect. So I think uh, for sure the bot lane of EG is going to get a lot of respect. Chizuke is playing insanely well past the f first two weeks and impacts has just been great so the thing that is really interesting to me is this final round robin because we've got three more weeks left and it's just going to be really fascinating to see how these three weeks unfold because it's it is really in my mind a matter of like can c9 and tl fix their shit and, and can tsm find like really stable footing for themselves or are we going to continue to see like 100t and eg threaten those teams and like it'd be like if this if the playoffs started today or i guess this weekend it would be just wild to see the seating that you would have for that because it would look so different than i feel like what you see playoff brackets look like in all these previous years and splits so i don't know i'm i'm super hyped to see how what transpires over the, the next uh three weeks because i think that's going to be really intense um, and i'm excited about it. yeah i'm actually much more excited about playoffs in summer than in spring because yeah. in spring it felt like a three horse, uh, you know, three horse race between TSM, Team Liquid, um, and C9, and every other game was horrific. And then this time around, you're actually having teams that are competitive. Um, Hundred Thieves, TSM, Team Liquid. I'm sure will get better. They just brought in Alfari, and I'm sure they'll be more consistent with him on the roster. Um, and then yeah, you have Evil Geniuses, and you have uh, teams that are actually getting better around them. So it's gonna yeah. be there are a lot more games to still play. I'm I'm excited. For oh sure. yeah, TSM. All right, Jiro. I don't know if I don't know if this this group is buying your MVP. I I didn't buy it so much that when you mentioned it, I I misheard it. Um, so either way, Jiro, is there anything that you you feel like we we're missing on this? Any final pleas before we give you your shout out? I mean, you got to really look at where he comes from, no. And when you're thinking of MVP, it's the value they bring, and I, I think it's where where like I just said, they come from. I mean, he's coming from you know what is it? Just one or two, I guess technically splits in amateur comes right in skips academy and is already putting up impressive stats he's showing in pretty good mechanics he's not scared at all to do really anything that the team might need him to do um he he comes in he replaces a middling deftly uh he's he he's just turning around a team making him look like the best team yeah you in, in, you mentioned the where he comes from arguments in your first time and i i we didn't really address that i don't know if that'll be honest but yeah that does i don't much for think me on the anyone MVP front yeah, I don't think people care about that. I don't. Yep. Uh, MVP is about a, where you are right now. Yeah. M MVP yeah. is like value, I mean, not really contractually. Like, I don't care if you make 100000 compared to someone else's $2 million at the 80 carry position. I, I really don't care. Value on the rift, not value in pocketbook or something. Yeah. I, there's a lot to be said about him for given where he's coming from. And I, I don't want to discount that. But I don't think that that plays as much in, into the MVP situation. Maybe, honestly, that. that might play more into the coaching, uh, coach of the split conversation, right? Because 
that's that's where Peter you start climbing up. About. Yeah, is it Reaper or Peter seeing, now? All Maybe that stuff you just said about team. Danny, I feel like says as much about the EG coaching staff as it does about Danny himself. So I don't know. Well, Danny's still a product of that, you know. He's he, like it's obviously the you can tell that the coaching staff is doing a lot of stuff to get him where he is, but it's also him. He's also why he's where he is, you know. Yes, so. for sure. Well, I think that's why he'll probably get rookie. Hey, Jiro, anything you want to say before we uh, move on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I just shout out to Alienware, shout out to Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Um, it's it's a great product. I've had it many times myself. They what have flavor? Right down. Oh, uh, the the cherry one. I can't remember the exact name, but I like the cherry. Charge one. cherry burst. Charge cherry burst. There it is. And uh, I guess shout out to my friend group, uh, Flutters, Nate Silence, and my friend Jake uh, Nexus Thirty Four. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Jiro. For I didn't even. Oh, what were you going to say? I didn't realize I was drinking charged raspberry lemonade. I think I've mentioned that before for you. I was downing these. I was like, man, I don't know why I'm, I'm chugging so many of the red ones. Normally, I'm a, I'm a watermelon boy. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jiro, for the call. We'll catch you next time. Of course. Take care. There we go. I we did we just did the Alienware ad. I'm sad because right now it feels like the perfect time to do the game feel ad based off of what just happened. But let's take one more caller and then we'll get to it. Uh, off Mark goes to grab our next caller. Thank you to Laser Chicken for the eight months. Uh, White Rice three six nine, Mars twenty thirty, M Potter twenty twenty, Saber Strike Purple Ray Q for the subs. Very 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 much appreciated. We're uh, at nine seventy subscribers. I don't know if we can get to a thousand tonight, but that'd be cool. Lord X Charizard, what are you doing, Raz? Are you trying to get Taco Bell branding in? Is that what's happening? Maybe. Maybe I'll be sponsored. Maybe I'll be one of those NASCAR drivers, but I'll just have a big Taco Bell logo on me when I'm broad I'm on broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you might need to talk to the, the right partnership team. I don't know how they would feel about that. Uh Lord X Charizard, sorry for interrupting. Calling from what I assume is the top of a volcano. Um, uh, no, actually, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas, but pretty much, pretty much a volcano. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> the uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Ah, uh, uh, wait, is your call going to be about finals? Uh, you know, I am actually kind of bummed about that. I, I feel slighted from the LCS for not bringing it back here. Is that your take? No, my, that's not my take. Oh, I thought it was so funny. We get. I know. I know. <laughs> there's a sentiment, some frustration from from Texans in particular about not having it. So when you said from Dallas, I assume that's what it was. Sorry, go ahead. What is your take? So my take is that the success that Academy players have been having this year in the LCS shows that with genuine effort and growing talent, teams can be successful. Uh, the teams that earlier this year are wanting to get rid of their Academy team to step up and invest more into the programs instead of trying to get rid of them. With FlyQuest being just one of the best examples just recently of their academy team coming in and just slapping people left and right, you know? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have strong feelings about this. I think it's uh, disappointing that teams are... Yeah, I, I believe a lot in academy, and I feel like there was a big investment into academy this year, and I, I agree with you that we're starting to see that stuff pay out. I think there needs to be as, as much work being done on the branding side to get like people to care about a lot of these players, which I think is, is an issue that we've had. Uh, but it does seem as though we're seeing a lot of Academy people find their footing in the LCS now that they've come in. Uh, Raz, since you have mm. experience in LCS Academy, I'm curious what you think of, of this conversation, what you've, you've thought of some of these players that have shown up from, from the Academy world. 
Ah, uh, surprise, surprise. You know, these LCS owners and all these things trying to say no to Academy and all these things for so long and no to having more than five players. Oh, but when your team starts busting, this starts dying, you guys are ass. Who do you guys call for? That's right. We all know the answer to that. It's, it's FlyQuest Academy that comes and saves the day. And they, I, I know the messaging on that was like, they'd be coming in for a week, but they better extend that yeah, for yeah, the rest kidding. of split. Um, contracts coming in, having a, a, a strong performance, and even if, like, Svenskeren is going to, like, even if Svenskeren becomes, like, the main player, suddenly, track stock is up. You sell that, uh, you know, to another LCS team that's middling. You get a big payday. You should be happy about that. And then you look towards um, Honda Thieves that their amateur players are paying off huge for themselves, like Copy that's doing really well in, the, in C9. And then from their uh, academy team, they're, you know, succeeding and all that. Not even talking about, uh, I mean, Luger on that team, but of course, like not even talking about C9, Ooh. who Fide was a part of. Um, and then I'm trying to remember another one, Team Liquid. Oh, who, who did you call to save you Jenkins? in your time of need? Jenkins and Armeo. Armeo is performing pretty well too. So, yeah, you know, I don't. I know you didn't want to make this conversation dominate your show, Travis. But guess who has the worst academy team? Is it BLG, uh... baby? Yeah. Guess who's not going to save you in your time of need if you don't invest in academy? I'm just putting that out there. Just putting that it's a, out there. It's a very good point. Uh, actually, a really, really good point. Is it like that CLG? Because people have said fans have been frustrated. I saw a conversation on. I think the CLG subreddit or something like that, where, you know, I, I'm not here to say what they should do, but some folks were saying Poe Belter should be replaced. Who's our academy mid laner? And then people say RJS, who previously had been in the league and like there were issues with his performance as well. And so it's, it is a, a fair point that like if you have a great lineup of folks behind you, it's pretty good. I don't want to derail us too much, but one of the things I've been kind of thinking about recently is okay how do i how do i put this when we were talking about the mvp candidate stuff i think in november of last year december of last year you'd say well certainly in the summer when you're getting close to the mvp time perks is going to be in that conversation and will be one of the the biggest names and or it should be sword art or it should be Alfari. <laughs> and it's so it's interesting. I just think that it is an interesting situation that we have find our, found ourselves in where, look, I'm happy to have all three of those players in the LCS. And I'm happy when people are getting big paydays. But when you are looking at your budget in the LCS, I think there's an argument to be made that perhaps you should invest some of the money, you know, if you have a large budget, putting some of that money into Academy rather than like trying to remove Academy as a cost for yourself so that you have more money to pay for big name imports. I think there's a lot of reasoning uh, for something like that. So I don't know, I, you know, not, not to and go I too support far you the, the perks. Holy Travis. Thank you. I didn't even put in the names of my boy, a blaze olive chime there next. Da, you know, Danny coming up. Look, if you're a team that wants to save cash, you know, 
I, I love all these players. I'm not. I, I hate the whole conversation of cash and no cash. But in this case, like, you know, put invest heavily in a strong coaching staff and invest heavily in a uh, in academy so you can build up because it will pay off. If it doesn't pay off, something fucking was wrong. You know, so you've done something wrong out there. You know, something happened. You can you can review that after the year is all done. But we just have a lot of. I think this is a really good split, by the way. So I think this is a good split where teams are. Even TSM got an amateur team, and they made some good options in who they got in their amateur team. So I think a lot of teams are making the right call, and it'll you know it'll pay out in time. You know the one. Year. I'll undercut myself here by just saying uh, Abadage is like a, a pretty good counter to what I was talking about in terms of being very true to go out and spending because uh, he is in the MVP situation. But Mark, you looked like you were going to say something. Yeah, for the Abadage point, hop in there quick. It's a clear band aid though, where it's like okay. We need a good mid laner. Let's go get the best mid laner we can. Like we're we're struggling in mid lane, and they also brought in a new coach. So like, for me, I, I think it's okay to spend money in like a problem solving way if you think that that's what you're doing. Versus like, I just grabbed the biggest name in the off season. Yeah. So I, I do think there's a bit of a different approach there, even though Abe Daga is a import. You know, like yeah, that was something where they they had one split together and like, okay, this isn't working. Here's what we need. Um, well, on the uh, academy talent point, like, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, I hate giving an arrow credit, but even like, and players also, what that other caller was saying, like Danny deserves credit for developing on his own, putting in work. You know, a lot of the Golden Guardians guys do too, but like a Blaze Olive, uh, FBI, and who he last year, uh, I mean, who he was a yeah. role swap support. They had Keith McBrief starting earlier on, and then they swapped to who he, and he, he continued to become one of the best supports in the league now. Uh, you know, like FBI was great in the O's already. There's like a lot of players who already have like greatness, and they just get better um and so like i feel like you know those teams that are investing in academy and giving people chances like yeah niles didn't work out but that like i i appreciate them trying um and i think you can and see here's now the that, thing like, to that like niles has like a great opportunity to come back because like he didn't he wasn't even in the academy system right so he he got that experience in lcs but now he's going into academy and i'm sure he's gonna get better for that and i think people undersell the the developing aspect all the players that we mentioned like got developed through coaching staff and also and through their own personal goals and then they're they're much better for it and like the product of contracts when he was literally in the interview talking about like yeah he was working on his uh shot calling playmaking like just or not playmaking shot calling and like his communication and all these things so it's like players who have the opportunity to take a, take a deep breath and not have um the fans and uh kind of like looming immediate success that's necessary all like over them. Yeah, so I, I think it's been doing a lot of good. The, so, okay, Mark. No, what were you going to say? Because I'm about to launch into my FlyQuest tangent and then no one's talking for 10 minutes. So get yeah, in yeah, while yeah, you yeah. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. I, here's what I will say. I will also say I, I want to give props to some of these teams too because it actually takes a lot of courage to commit to the development side. I mean – Maybe it doesn't take much courage when you don't have the money to go spend on like big, <laughs> big players. You don't have much of an option. But <laughs> it's got a fill up. <laughs> it is. It is brutal. It is brutal. The the feedback that you're gonna get from all sides, from fans, from co streamers, from hotline league callers, whenever you are saying, "All right, we're gonna lose some games with some of these academy players, but we're gonna see if we could forge them into something," and uh, and I actually think that it's. It's impressive to me that that because look the other side of this not to bring them back up but like the other side of this is CLG I will always think I've mentioned this multiple times we had a caller 
uh, at during the offseason or right at the start of the year where somebody said, like, CLG's the bar. If you if for these new players, because CLG's the other end of the spectrum of, like, okay, well, we found these players that, like, haven't had the best performances. We're going to throw them onto a team and see if we can get the better versus people who were, like, we're going to try to invest in the next generation. And what we're seeing right now is that CLG, based off summer performance, is at the bottom. Uh, and it certainly seems like they're headed that direction in, in overall performance too. And these other teams are finding ways to climb. And yes, sometimes you have We're hitting the bar, like, boys. Sometimes what you had, sometimes what you have is also what happened with uh, Dignitas and all that, right? Where like there's some explosions along the way or whatever. But I just I'm happy to see teams doing this because even at the end of this, even if at the end of this, the only thing that happens is like Steve pulls out his checkbook and gives some money to like I don't know FlyQuest or. Uh, Golden Guardians instead of to I don't know some European organization. I I I still am happy that we have teams um, and that there's work that's being done on the development side to the caller's point because we're starting to see the fruits of that labor now in players like Danny, in players like Jenkins, in players like Armeo, etc. Uh, Mark, I'm ready. Go ahead. Mark left to go get another caller. Oh, he's muted himself, and he's still talking. Oh, he left to go get another caller? Yeah, this is the confusing Mark? part of all of this. What was yeah, I'm sorry. You, just, you were just going on so long, I went to go check with our next caller. Okay. <laughs> you said you were going to talk about FlyQuest for 10 minutes straight, so I... You decided to talk for 10 minutes straight first? <laughs> yeah. You know what? If you're going to get that timing, I'm going to get that timing, too. All right, well, I want Raz to interject here if there's anything, because I actually want to talk about FlyQuest... Academy. I got nothing. It's all you. I've already done my uh, job. Okay, I guess. everyone. Get, I get love these motherfuckers. They're so fun to watch. Like, oh, they have such good player storylines right now. Like, okay, you got Diamond and Kumo coming back into the LCS, getting their revenge. Kumo from EG was just. I said this on the dive. I'll say it again here. I didn't like watching him play when he was on EG. He, uh, it, that wasn't it. He, he, like. There was these games where he just wouldn't... He'd pick Jace and just not play aggressively. He took D-Shield into Volibear top and took like 100 damage throughout the whole laning phase and just farmed with Jace. He did the same thing to a GP matchup I watched once where he just like never tried to contest any of the waves or the barrels or anything. And I can only... I'm only down with flaming him now because I'm about to hype his ass up because he's so fucking different now watching him play. It's so much fun watching him play. Like, I was casting him in Academy, like, uh, two weeks ago. I was like, oh, my God, this motherfucker's nuts now. He was on Lee Sin, like, queuing back in at 200 health, like, just no ability cooldowns and stuff. He's so fucking good now. And he's nuts. Like, the, the epitome of, like, why I love this team is actually the third game that they played. The Baron. I forget who it is. I think Diamond dies when they get Baron at the end of the game. They get the Baron. It's a 4v5. Enemy team goes down to take the, the Dragon to stop the stacking of, of FlyQuest Academy. And they're like, all right, standard play here. Most teams in the LCS, they're just going to go fuck off. They're going to recall with their Baron buffs. They're going to start pushing out minion waves while they wait for the recall, uh, the, the respawn of the dead guy. Was was Kumo do? Fucking TP's top to start pushing in the top wave 4v5 to make them respond to him. The rest of his team goes in the jungle and they start killing people as they try and deal with the fact that, like, hey, Kumo's not respecting the fact that it's 4v5 in the map right now. Like, what is he doing? Like, that's the kind of shit I love to see because most teams just play so standard, so by the book. You're like, it's just 
Man, like you see some creativity, you see people taking risks. It's so nice to see. I fucking love that play. There's a bunch of plays that FlyQuest does where I'm like, man, that shit's not very smart. And I and you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but they just like never back down. Like not just because a play doesn't work out doesn't mean that they're gonna like chicken shit out of the next play. Like in the I think it was the second game. I can't remember. There's a time where like NXI just leaves the dragon pit as the dragon's going down. They just leave Kumo in the dragon pit to die. And instead he kills the support. And it was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, NXI? That wasn't smart at all. And then they're like, man, fuck it, we just lost the dragon. They say like TP back in from behind and kill someone else. And like watching FlyQuest play is so nice. Like I it's just like the players, there's so many storylines, like Triple coming over from Osh and popping off, NXI from scouting grounds and like looking like pretty terrible, honestly, in the scouting, uh, the lock in tournament to popping off now. Like all those things, plus the play style, the importance of teamwork. You know, like they're probably going to drop some games this weekend. They're playing against good teams, but fuck if it's not going to be fun to watch. Well, there you go. There we have it. I loved it. Clip it and ship it. <laughs> Mark now catching up on time. Twitch chat to see what everyone thought of his rant. I just I just blacked out for a couple minutes. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm excited. What are the chances FlyQuest Academy makes it to Worlds? <laughs> Zero, okay. probably. Yeah, I mean, I've... I've... So, nah, so there's a zero chance. Yeah, zero percent. I love. Dude, I feel like that would be a great storyline. Can we engineer that somehow? Can we script it? All right, Miracle and right. 34th Street happened a long time ago. Was it 34 or 36? Charizard, Lord Charizard, come back yeah. to us. I'm uh, sure. I think we all all agree with you. Uh, Academy, good. Keep Academy. Yeah, I'm ex so excited to see what's going to happen with all this. I can I can see FlyQuest pulling a Shaka from uh, I think it was Spring Split. Yeah. Yeah. The Miracle Run. <laughs> uh, be great. Charizard, first off, I want to thank you. Uh, for this call. I think it was a good one and you inspired Mark to, to go crazy. So you are this week's Game Field Victory Caller. Thank you very much. We'll hook you up with some free Mountain Dew Game Field, a case of it. Uh, I'll just DM me on Discord af after we're done talking and you, uh, I'll shoot you over the details on how to get that. Uh, All right, no you. problem. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything you want to shout out uh, before we take a quick break? Just shout out to the awesome conversation. I love to see Mark go off all the time. It's great. And uh, shout out to Alienware and Game Fuel. It's a pleasure. So yeah, thanks so much. Sorry. Hopefully we get to see you in Texas uh, next year. I don't know what uh, ho Riot's Hopefully plans that'd are, be awesome. Yeah, I'm hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll hand you back. All right, thanks. See ya. Then all right. comes COVID. Speaking of two. Game Fuel, I just want to point out that at the start of the show, Mark had talked about how he was riding a lot of energy from the dive, but he was worried that in the second half of the show he might get a little fatigued. And I suggested that he drink a cool, refreshing Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Clearly he has. He crushed it, uh, literally, the drink uh, can. And now I can't have him show it as product placement because it's been crushed in the brandings. Anyway, and look at what he was able to do with that. He was able to deliver. What is that? What's going on in the background, Mark? I just saw some, there's an animal trying to get out of your room. Oh, it's distracting me in the middle of this. Anyway. Be a professional. Oh, here I am trying to do escape, escape the room ad read. And this creature is trying to it. escape. You can do, do it. You, do your do job, Travis. It's, it's uh, almost nine o'clock. 
thanks so much to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show and allowing us, even though it's nine o'clock, to keep our energy going after long days. Mark has had I did a stream earlier, Mark just did the dive. There's a lot of energy that we need for this show, and Mountain Dew Gamefield delivers it. Please go to gamefield.com slash Travis. And uh, in fact I'll put there's a link in the description and uh, there's also one in the Twitch chat right now. If you go do that, you can purchase game, some game fill of your own and uh, taste delicious. Now you've opened the door and the cat doesn't want to go out, even though it was trying to go out this entire time. Just go! Oh Be my, free! Oh my god. This is absurd. It's, it's not like he's gonna, there's anything in there. It's just the same closet. Oh, is that the closet? Uh, he just like, yeah, cats just don't like closed doors. Oh boy. He's got a blankie in there that he likes. Maybe he's going for the blankie. We'll have to figure it out. Uh, well, well everyone's getting tied out. Anyway, thank you so much, Gamefield, for sponsoring. I apologize, Gamefield, that your your ad read got disrupted by this creature, but perhaps it helped uh, keep people engaged. Uh, so thank you to Gamefield for sponsoring the show. Go grab a case of Mountain Dew Gamefield, and uh, when you do, make sure you use code Travis at checkout so you can save 5%. We love them. If it's not available <laughs> in your area of the U.S., uh, you can use that Amazon link as well. It helps. Okay. Oh, Mint That's Gelato it. just ordered a, an Alienware laptop. Did we sell two Alienware computers literally during the show? My God. Please tweet at Alienware if you if you did. Might have sold more than that. All right. We're on, we're on our last caller. Mark's off to go grab them. Uh, actually, Mark has already gotten them here. David, where are you calling from? I'm also calling from Dallas, Texas. Same You're also that. calling from Dallas, Texas. David. Yeah, and I'm also kind of sad that, uh, but that's not my take. That's but not I'm your take. Okay, here finals. I thought for sure we'd have somebody call it with that. Well, I'm sorry that we are not going to see you uh, in in a month or so. Uh, that's what's... okay. Maybe maybe I'll pop up to New Jersey just for the hell of it. Yeah, you should. I mean, the only time anybody can we make anti New Jersey. Come in there with a picket really sign for a while. Um, Go to Jersey know. with a picket sign. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, David, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I want to talk about roster construction, which has kind of been the theme of today's episode anyways. Uh, so it should be uh, pretty natural to uh, move into. I My take was a little complex, uh, and I, I think that this week has shown us an interesting thing, which is that a lot of teams don't quite seem to understand the complexities of roster construction. Um, I think that we have this tendency to hype up big names and big signings, whether they're imports or domestic, and consequently we get these teams that look really cool on paper, uh, such as Licorice and Jose Diodo, or Zven and Mithy TSM, or that one 100 Thieves roster from a few years ago, uh, or in Europe, uh, current G2, um, that actually The super teams don't people fit. talk about, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, but they don't actually fit very well, because the players, like, a super team could be constructed that would work great. The ones that are being constructed don't always work great because we over-index on names. I think the younger teams, the newer teams, do a better job at this, and that's why, like, Rogue and Mad Lions are doing great in Europe, uh, and why, like, 100 Thieves is doing better than Cloud9 right now because they uh, focus on the analytical fit of their players with each other rather than simply on, oh my gosh, it's perks. Um, well, to be fair, they, at the start of this year, 100 Thieves bought four players from Golden Guardian, so I don't feel like it's a thing where they, like... Good oh, together from. No, I'm not. Go ahead. Who looked good from Golden Guardians? That's true. They bought a team with synergy. That's true. That's true. Uh, I just, I, I just called it out because it's a great decision and not one I, I think they shouldn't have made. But it's when we're talking about roster construction, they, uh, 
They they had a, a playbook ahead of them. Certainly, they should deserve credit for the Abadage stuff. Uh, so, David, what do you think? Actually, when you talk about this, do you do you think there is some like better strategy in mind? Like, are are you talking about like there is a playbook that you think people should be following that they're not, or what? So, you know, what actually is the right way to do it? Kind of. So in in the NBA, I don't know. I know. I, I know. I think Mark watches the NBA. I don't know about Travis. Anyways, in the NBA, there's a stat called like uh, usage rate, basically. Uh, which more or less equates to, like, how much of the ball the person is holding. Um, and I don't necessarily think we have uh, a great analytic like that, but I think a lot of the teams that don't end up with particularly good rosters, uh, and my mind goes to the Misfits team from two years ago, uh, where kind of all the players were resource-heavy, so to speak, uh, don't necessarily think about the amount of attention or usage rate that individual stars might need. I think actually current Cloud9 struggles look a little bit like this. Like Perks kind of needs a lot of presence, but so like Sven's kind of a dominant bot laner and he needs a bit, someone needs to watch Blabber to make sure his brain's on. You know, like there's a lot of little things like that that I think some of the younger teams are more sophisticated uh, about looking for. Can I take this one, Travis? Uh, yeah, go for it, Raz, because you've worked on the team side more recently than Mark has. And I also know he's talking about when it comes to the NBA because I watch that shit. Um, so usage rate for me, like it's heavily dependent on which role we're talking about here. If it's like a point guard, if it's like a Chris Ball or, or a Kyrie, like usage on them. If it's like a ball distributor versus somebody that just, you know, dribbles, dribbles, dribbles like that, that kind of heavily depends. So like that feels like it's more still um, like a context based thing. And also NBA's most all sports I'm just going to say all sports that I know of are, are far different from a game like league that resets on like possession. Like for instance, if I, if I get a two points on one side of the court, great. Like we can change strategies. If shit's not working out, we can just like take a timeout with a game. If you fuck up level one, your gear versus a good team, your game could just be, be over. Um, so like statistics when it comes to league is just super heavily bait. Like they rely on context. And another thing, the game changes like every two weeks. Um, so, like, the rosters that you named, like, ones on paper, C9 and G2, should work. Because those players have shown the, that they can uh, adapt. Like, Reckless has shown pretty consistently that he can adapt. Uh, later on in his career, of course, like, um, in champions that he can play, be a little bit more supportive or be, like, a heavy uh, carry. And he's, like, the best he carry um, in the region. And so, like, especially in a game like League, you need to be able to play um, both sides and be flexible to the meta. Um, and with uh, C9, I think the example is probably like Blabber's been pretty much like in positions where his mid laners are constantly giving him resources. That I think it was a great experiment, or um, it was a great run to have somebody who is, by the way, just like um, MSI champion, fucking one of the greats of the game, uh, and incredibly flexible. And sure, Perks has had his bad moments, but like Blabber needs to be able to play both with resources and without resources. As a as a person who can like give to either um, his solo laners or whoever, because he has like basically every lane can carry, um, or he can play with resources. And I think the team in Spring Split succeeded when he got all resources, and that's pretty fair, that's fine. That's fine. And he got better. I thought like one of the greatest things that I saw in Spring Split was that he could play through perks in certain games. Um, but then, yeah, he does have moments like these, and I think we tend to overreact. Anyways, going back to the main point, I think the NBA example is probably not the best. 
And I think uh, some of the examples of like the teams who are great on paper, um, like the, the two that you mentioned, should just work well regardless. And it's like, like G2 is a great example of a team that will rise. And like, I think they're performing really well recently. Uh, they just beat Rogue. Um, so I think like that's a team that's we're probably going to be seeing at World soon. Um, but to your point, roster building still really important. EG did, a, EG did a really great job at it when it came to bringing Impact, Shizuke, and Ignar. Basically everything with a pretty heavy focus in my mind with a mid laner that um, has the utmost freedom because he's got a roaming support and a top laner that can kind of fill. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Raz said about, especially current C9, in theory, I think should work well. Um, so I, I feel like, to the caller's point, though, roster construction is sometimes thought of as get big name, big name good kind of thing. Um, but I feel like teams can sometimes be adaptable. Like Team Liquid, for example, going from Impact to Alfari is almost as big of a change in play style as you could ever have in a position. Um and they kind of made it work in spring split. You know, they uh, played around him heavily. Core JJ was top a lot more. Um, you know, they he had a lot of counter picks given to him, a lot of in-game resources given to him. I do think the idea of, like, resources is a good one when you are constructing a roster, but, like, um, some players can do both. I think Sven is someone... Sven, to be clear, is someone who can do both. Like, you can play Ezreal weak side, just let him fuck around. Um... Or you could probably play through Sven in certain like uh, laning phases. So like, I think a lot of the times that teams fall apart is less, or when I say fall apart, or like don't seem to gel perfectly together, is less about the in-game. Like, can this player do this? Can this team figure out the resource allocation? And more about like how they actually see the game in a moment. Like, do we want to go here? Do we not want to go here? Um, are we down to try and make this play? Is this is this when we're all going to go in? Those kind of split-second moments. Um, because teams like EG, like Artemis was saying on the desk, they don't have that kind of natural tension that comes from people seeing the game really different. Um, and so when they have mistakes in the game, they seemingly can get over them, um, and fix them or not blow up at each other. Cause they like, this guy's going in, this guy doesn't want to go in. Um, so I feel like that idea of view of the game is even more important than resource allocation. Hey, you know, it's a great example to the college point of a team that had pretty bad roster building, like into your thing as well, which is like old Dignitas, like Dignitas of, I think it was last year when they had Huni and Froggen. Oh, yeah. And that one, everyone saw that shit coming from a mile away, but we were like mildly intrigued if it would actually work out and spoiler alert. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think everyone was like, this will either be the worst idea or the best idea. And, uh, it was the narrators going, it was the worst idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What do we think? What is of... relevant? That is fair. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. What do we think of the second uh, aspect of my point, which is that I think kind of the newer blood teams, um, maybe because they have less resources, seem to have a better understanding of how to find players that complement each other. The one, the team that like really comes to mind on this is, is Mad Lions last year and this year. That, that was a team that I think last year was predominantly rookie talent that they had strategically plucked from a few places to build around Humanoid. Um, or Rogue this year, changing out Finn for Odawamne felt very strategic in terms of trying to take um, a player who needed a lot of attention and 
replace him with a player who you can uh, kind of... Like, is very, very good at ultimate weak side, it feels like, in some of those games where you can play around Larson and not ever have to worry about him. Uh, whereas, of course, G2 had a hole and they plugged it with Reckless. Um, oh, Reckless is literally the best AD he's, carry in the region. He's, he's great. Well, this this would you say that's true this year? Like that's, that's hindsight. Look, and the yeah. time in which they made the decision, they lost uh, because like they had two mid laners, it happens. And they had the opportunity of getting someone who performed incredibly well internationally and was the best AD carry in the region at the time. If it doesn't work out, it's probably, I'm not going to blame the player. You know, even if no, they're on different wavelengths, I, that it's like, and also they lost the leader in my in my mind. I like, mean, I think. Regardless, go ahead, Russ. But yeah, they lost a, a leader in my mind. There's a lot of things that uh, like tangibles and intangibles that they needed to make up for. Um, even bringing in a, a new coach, all these things. Um, and to your point, another thing that you made about like lines, a lot of LEC teams, a benefit to them is that they do pick from um, their NR. Um, the URLs, like they can, they can definitely. There are a lot of teams like Misfits right now, pick that had some pretty like new players. Razork is another one um, that came comes to mind. So, I do think that to your original point, which is like roster building, we have great examples of teams that built a roster with an um, with a game plan in mind, and I like that. I am of the opinion that you you mentioned it's because they have less resources. I think it's partially that they have to be scrappier. But I also think it's it's just a matter of, uh, I kind of want to use the word entropy, probably not the right one. But like if you think about it, you have in any given year some really great players who are, are good and deserve to play and can get better and better and better. And those players generally are not going to end up on these top teams because the top teams are going to go to like all reliable veterans. Like your point of like G2 going with Reckless, like you you whenever a team is doing really well, they are less likely to bring in new talent to create something uh, new. And so you end up in a situation where like, of course, like when G2 has been doing great, you're gonna see so few, so little change on that roster lineup. And so what happens is these new players that are coming in that are good, that deserve to be great and, and can be incredibly competitive, those are naturally gonna end up on other teams. And the teams that can do the best with that are obviously going to be able to, like who, who are best at finding those types of players are gonna do great. But I do just, I tend to think these things are, are inevitable. Um, and I think that's what we're starting to see now in the LCS. I feel like uh, you can think of teamwork as a, a wave function. And there is uh, some level of quantum entanglement of the each player's different wave functions. And then um, the collapse occurs upon observation when you pull them out of their environment and you get uh, decoherence. Um, so. I also think you're over, we're overreacting. You know, we're saying the, the big go. teams can't fucking build rosters. It's like a couple a couple whiffed. You know, it's it's pure pure randomness. You know, these two this these two changes didn't work out. But guess what? Let's not pretend hundred thieves ain't balling out. Eg's roster isn't that fucking cheap. You know, uh, I don't know. And bald and bald headed uh, caps is you know and and reckless in the bot lane. Back at it. We can't call them failed team if they're literally. Right now, balling out at this very moment, and playoffs haven't come by. That's true. We just need perks with cap and uh, and bald true. bald caps, and then all their roster uh, woes will fade away. That's so. That's my thing. I think uh, so much of what we're talking about right now will literally not matter when playoffs hit, and all of the teams that we kind of are like, oh, it's not working out. Like C9 is a great example, right? If C9, 
we're, I'm just waiting till playoffs happen to see if all the concerns that we had about C9 dissipates. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. My counterpoint to that would be we all thought that last split about uh, LEC and what happened, but, you know, both Fnatic and G2 crashed out comparatively early um, and not well, necessarily I, I, looking great yeah. yet. I mean, so, I saw that with Fnatic happening. That team looked r yeah, ridiculous. But like, with Adam that, is a I godsend for that team. Adam is a godsend for that team. I was checking. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was no, checking I was... the. Sorry, we're now we're talking over each other. I thought you were done. All I was going to say was to Mark's point about we're overreacting and people are spending a lot of money. Uh, looking at the data that I had from last split, which doesn't have the new stuff, the five teams that are spending the most money on their LCS roster are Cloud9, uh, TSM, Team Liquid, Evil Geniuses, and 100 Thieves. So it is, it is a... <laughs> it Top five is, right there, baby! It, it's perhaps, it is, it is still too early to say like, oh yeah, you don't need to, you could be scrappy and, and do well. Um, because yeah, it is it is a situation where it does seem like money is directly correlated to how well you do unless you're sealed another thing as well is expectation plays a big role into what how people kind of deem this when people have zero expectation of FlyQuest, start winning all these games and i'm talking about the academy team suddenly holy shit they're balling out and when people are like trashing on tsm but they're like basically still second place if we're just taking the summer split as a whole right that's because people people expect the the world out of them. So we should just kind of remove that expectation when it comes to like how they're legitimately playing. Because TSM is legitimately still playing really well. Um, will that translate to winning a championship? That's a little bit of a doubt for me. But like, I think how we're comparing, too. yeah. But it's like how we're comparing these teams that are definitely in the top, the teams that we have expect little from, but are performing to like a middling degree, like a middle of the pack. So if a team exceeds our expectation, I don't want us to go wild with um, uh, with takes, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not saying yours, but I'm just saying in general, as I've been seeing it. Hey, David. I don't know. So Golden, Guardi Golden Guardian's going to Worlds, winning it all. Guys. There it is. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Licorice just comes in and, man, how bad would that double lift tweet? Licorice me? coming through. David, uh, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we say goodbye? Uh shout out to raz for interesting uh counterpoints uh, i would love to sit down and just talk uh roster building all day but unfortunately it's probably the end of the podcast yeah uh, i love this guy we should have warned him with the game fuel. yeah shout out alienware shout out game fuel shout out draft buff very good thanks so much david for the call travis i'm just saying if we could award a second caller of the night you want me to reward him a second caller David, I just direct, David, are you still here? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Uh, at at Raz's behest, I was thinking about this, and then Raz literally said it, so I felt like it's a sign. You are our second victory caller of the night. Oh my god! I'll have to talk to Let's Gamefield go. about it because we don't ever do more than one. But thank you, uh, and enjoy your case of Mountain Dew Gamefield. Please message oh, me on Discord. You. And our our last caller, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment, please also uh, Charizard. message Charizard. Yes, Charizard, Lord Charizard. Please also message me if you're still watching on Discord so I can make sure you guys both have the route by which you can get your free case of game fuel. Uh, okay, thank you. Goodbye, David. I'm sending you away now. You can uh, thank Raz because he got you hooked up. Okay. That's the show. 
Mark Zimmerman. I'm not. I'm gonna have you go second because whenever I ask you to plug stuff, you always go. I got nothing. Blah blah blah. So you'll have Raz's whole plug to come up with what you're gonna say. And I know your temptation right now is to just say, "Well, I've got nothing." Blah blah. blah to try to owe me. I see the smile on your face. I, I've done 181 episodes of this show with you. I called you my ass, dude. I fucking know what you're doing. You're calling me out, saying exactly what you think I'm gonna do, so that I don't do that thing. I'm gonna say I got fucking nothing. Okay. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> After Raz gives his shout outs and plugs, Raz, what do you want to promo? What do you got? What's going on? I got fucking nothing. Look, I will say this. <laughs> you know that whole joke with Mark holding in and all that shit? Suddenly, it's real now. Me and Mark, for the past fucking few desks, <laughs> I've been, we've just been straight chimps on the desk like five seconds before the broadcast starts. And then like, the moment the clock strikes one, I say some dumb shit or like whatever. We look at each other and the camera's on us and we have to somehow keep a straight face. The, the whole mark, keep it in, that's legitimately real now. It's like, I don't know when they turn our mics on. And so like sometimes we're saying the dumbest shit right as it's like going live. <laughs> I, I have no idea if any of it ever goes out though. <laughs> oh, that'd be a travesty if it ever does. Hey, we don't use that word on the show. Thank you, though, Raz, uh, for for that information. Is there a, is there anything? Where can people find you? Do you want to plug anything? Where can people watch your Persona streams? At Raz LCS for my Twitter and on streams, I am Razzleplasm. R A Z L E P L S M. I might change that at some point because the Razzleplasm, the plasm is dying. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. I like it. It's authenticity, Travis. You hate to see the plasm go. All right. Mark, what do you got for us? What's, where can people find you? What do you want to plug? What's going on? PBS Space Time. That's the best shit to watch at 12 a.m. 12 p.m. Space Time 12 is the show? Morning. Dark Darkness. PBS Space Time. PBS it's a YouTube Space channel. Time. Is it on this a streaming shit. service or where are you watching it? It's on YouTube. Okay. Very good. It's not for you. It's for other people. For the big brain people, not me, the dummy. You don't really need to get it. You just got to sit there and lean back and just listen to these smart people say shit. Is this like a space gummies thing? Uh, I know no. Captain Flyers always talking about space gummies. I feel like that's what people no. are going to think you're talking about no. when you say this. Okay. No. No. He's going to need a learn sponsorship about at that one at some point. We're talking about quantum field theory here, Travis. <laughs> One of the same. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, Mark, for being here. Thank you, Raz, for being here. For me, I've got some cool content coming out, as always. Run It This Week is about uh, who is actually good as we enter into the last round, Robin, looking at the, the teams that are in the top five and perhaps different ways to look at their strengths right now. Uh, and we, oh, uh, shout out to Rift Reaction. Uh, last week we had Ender on, and that was sick. It was great to have him talk about LEC. I feel like this week we're going to talk about the LCS stuff, but that's on Spotify. Uh, and we love Spotify and Rift Reaction. It's a cool show that I get to do. It's only third, we've been pushing 40 minutes lately, but normally we try to keep it around the 35 minute mark. So if you want something uh, nice and easy to listen to that complements this on your ride, or drive, or walk, or I don't know, any number of different things that you can do while you're listening to something, listen to Rift Reaction on Spotify. Emily Rand and I, uh, Emily's so smart, and uh, uh, she just carries me on that show. Anyway, thanks so much, everyone. This has been Hotline League episode... What? 
Raz's Raz's hat. It's a classic sun hat. There we go. Are you wearing that because the caller just now suggested that Mark cares about the NBA and you had not mentioned or that your name was not mentioned in that? You need to it's like I was offended. I was honestly offended. And then you got them victory collar, like a double victory collar. So you Lucky by the end of it, they really changed your mind. A few of his, a lot of his points were pretty bad, or at least his supporting evidence. But you know what? The conversation was still civil. <laughs> so we give him respect. Hotline League episode 181. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we stream this every week at 7 p.m. Pacific on Twitch. It's available on your favorite audio platform. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already, and we'll catch you next week.